Most bankers aren't ready to help you until after their third cup of coffee. But with Central National Bank's after-hours service, you don't have to wait for the bank lobby to open to get help. You can contact us from 6 to 8.30 in the morning or from 5 to 10 in the evening, and we'll connect you to a real, live, local person who can answer questions and fix problems seven days a week. Bank different. Bank central. Central National Bank. Member FDIC. Sports, powered by Sikkim365.com. Jawar Jordan hits the hole off right tackle. Jordan, here he goes. This place is going to rock. 365 Sports is presented by IdealMRI.com. High-quality MRIs for $497 or less. IdealMRI.com. Your health is important. So is your budget. Missouri still trying to get set from the end zone. Cook throws wide. Sixty-five Sports is also brought to you by Texas Farm Bureau Insurance, protecting Texans since 1952. Here's King from the pocket, flush to his right with six, five, going to loop it downfield, and ball is caught! Touchdown, Georgia Tech! With one second to go in the ball game, Christian Leary holds it in. Have you subscribed to our YouTube channel? Search 365 Sports on YouTube. Brought to you by TFNB, your bank for life. They pitch it left. Williams goes down. And USC wins the game in triple overtime. 365 Sports is turbocharged by Unite Private Networks. Find out more at UnitePrivateNetworks.com. Trey Benson off to the races. One guy to beat. High stepping. He got smoked for the Hokies. Touchdown. 85 yards. Now here's David Smoke, Paul Catalina, and Craig Smoke. All right, here we go on this Tuesday afternoon on a day that we will hear from Dennis Dodd, Tony Casillas, Mac Rhodes, John McClain, and also Craig's off the radar, and Paul Catalina's top five. And also hear from you. The chat room is already fired up and ready to go. Roy Melton was first in line. It's almost 85% of the time. Paxton, and then if not, Scotty B. Roy Melton led us off today. Nice to have everybody, and thanks for those who are saying, hey, let's have a great show and happy Tuesday. It's been a while, really, uh, with realignment in the college football world that will never stop. Paul Catalina and Craig Smoke. Dennis Dodd joins us 
uh, in about 15, 18 minutes on the story that is out there. And we mentioned it yesterday, and Mac Rose will join us, and that will be maybe one of the things we ask about Gonzaga. Back in the picture, back on the radar with the Big 12. This is Seth Davis, and this was very similar to what I described to you about Brett Yormark back in the summer when it came to UConn. Made his case adding Gonzaga to the presidents and ADs at the league's meetings last week. No decision was made, but he uh, got permission to continue top-level negotiations. Also, uh, there are thoughts, okay, what if they add Gonzaga? What about UConn? And uh, that doesn't seem to be right now the case. Matt Norlander saying that UConn's not a part of that, although they were very much one of the darlings in the eye of Brett Yormark for a few months back during the summer. Yeah, um, Matt Norlander kind of goes into detail. And then there's the, they need 75%. They don't completely have it. He doesn't have it now. This is Brett Yormark's thing. Uh, and they're letting him run with it because he's everything else has worked out so far. Um, so they're they're letting him try to build the the basketball thing. And the way I had a friend of mine describe it to is like maybe you know the Big Twelve can't get as much gold as other of the conference, but they can have more silver. And so if you get a ton of basketball silver, so to speak, then you're still going to be valuable and you're going to be able to compete financially at a level and you're going to increase the value of other things that aren't football. And you can focus on something you do have pretty good control over is that you have a really great basketball league yeah I mean it's it's clear that they're leaning in the basketball direction um, and that is something that seems to be you know one of the strategies is is that's you know where their their bread is buttered and and where the silver could be found to Paul's point uh, maybe there's not that much gold for everybody but there's certainly are you know piles of silver and and they could take advantage of that you know that still doesn't seem like it's a, a stone cold or no. like a, a you know locked a in plan you know long term because there's still a lot of us like what if you don't decouple you know the way that in his mind it, it can be decoupled or the money's not there that you think might be there at basketball but regardless you know he's still trying to churn the waters and, and come up with ideas to make more money and make this conference more attractive and, and eventually turn that into making more money uh but yeah matt norlander had some you know good uh, notes on it um, said it's a 100% your mark thing. Uh, wants the best basketball league imaginable to take the league to market. Um, still getting pushed back. And there was a note about, you know, the votes it would take, as Paul, I think, mentioned, like 75%. But there's a lot of questions still, especially over, like, the financials about, you know, how exactly that would work. But, um, yeah, that that is something that is, uh, you know, simmering out there. And uh, based on a conversation we had after the show yesterday, it doesn't appear like, again, I'll use this word imminent, and imminent to me means happening like now, like like this week, right? That would be imminent, guys. Do we agree on the definition of imminent? Yeah, pretty yeah. close. It means so, it's just really close. Yeah, yeah, so imminent means like it's about to happen, and so this is not imminent. Um, like anything else is not imminent, uh, but yeah, this is something that's, uh, you know, re- uh, Re-emerged back onto the uh, onto the uh, Big 12's plate. So yeah, interesting, uh, t- interesting stuff. A lot of it depending on the vote, which is no different than remember what I said about your mark when he had some equity because of what he had done, and he uh, a couple of ads and maybe even presidents telling him, "Hey, you go to the table asking us to approve UConn. You're probably not going to get that vote," and that then becomes public, and then that kind of takes a little shine off of you. Here again, it's no different. The four corner schools who will be entering the Big 12 in the summer do not have a vote until July 1st of 2024. So that right now means you have to have nine of 12, Texas and OU, no votes. Uh, And so you'd have to get nine of the 12 outside of Texas and also Oklahoma. And 
Go ahead. No, go ahead. Oh, but based on the conversation we had yesterday. But based on the conversation we had yesterday, and, and this is from somebody within Sikkim 365, that they, they feel like this is a matter of time, but it, again, is not going to happen, you would think, in the next few days. We'll ask more about that with Mac, but it does appear that this is, again, this is about trying to get more money. What I like about it, I know that, Craig, you're not really all that forward, and I could take it or leave it, but it's, uh, yet again, your mark not allowing the conference to become stale and at least trying to stir up energy and possible more money. Yeah. Well, another, another part that we heard was that this was Gonzaga putting this out there for yes, absolutely. to, to yeah. turn the waters. This was a Gonzaga move. If you're wondering, like, where did this come from? It came from Gonzaga, apparently. Um, and, like, let's not say that I'm not a fan of it. I just... It's just been a lot. Like, it's just, you know, kind of want to just let it settle in. Like, let BYU and them settle in. Like, they haven't even, you know, played half a season, and it's already like four other schools are on their way. And then, like, those schools are a year out, and, like, here's another school. And then, you know, what other schools are joining? And so it's not a matter of of not really being a fan. I think Gonzaga, as a basketball school, would be a tremendous asset to have, you know, and that would be a a, a boon in the the Big 12's basketball cap for sure. So I'm not anti the move Gonzaga. I'm just like, can everybody kind of just settle in a little bit and and take some time? But I know that that's not on the side of of people anymore, uh, especially in college athletics. So I understand it, and I'm not anti Gonzaga by any means. No, I, I like it is Craig. To your point, it is a lot. And you said, you know, he doesn't want it to Craig. You or Smokey, you said he doesn't want it to get stale. Like, not even in the oven yet. I mean, like, yeah. Yeah, like no, no, it's know. in the oven. Yeah, I mean, Nine months like, from now, they're going to have a baby. Yeah, I guess, well. yeah, but I mean, like it's you know the we're just to like we're just in the middle of phase one of the expansion, and then next year will be phase two. So yeah, I don't, I don't think it's stale. Like, let's see how everything goes. I know that. You know, there's all this stuff churning. To me, I kind of I think about what Brett McMurphy said to us last week when we asked him about Oregon State and Wazoo, in that the Big Twelve doesn't really have interest in them until they see what's going on with the ACC. Now, there are rumors in the dark parts of the Clemson <laughs> internet that like today is going to be the day where Clemson emerges from the lab and says we finally found a way through this thing yeah. but i i mean as long i believe as that, that lab when I doesn't have it. a virus i'm fine yeah i mean it, right? like yeah, that's how that yeah. that's 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 the beliefs there but i i think that you know overall um you know it's like i'm all for having a great basketball conference if it makes sense um having an odd number of teams uh in a conference 17 um would be strange for a sport like basketball especially because it has a conference tournament in it well, yeah, that, that, but that leads me into kind of part of my my pause though is like okay, so what does this then lead to after that? Because that's not you're not just staying pat there, and so yeah. that's when you get into are we talking like a twenty team league? And that's where I start to lose a little bit of interest. I'll be honest with you, because that's not a conference. That is a that is a full blown league, basically twenty teams. Because where does it stop? Right? Are we on the verge of it being twenty four teams in the Big Twelve? Like I'm just I'm gonna not gonna I'm not gonna write any power more more power rankings because 2014 no, is gonna take like an entire time. day. But, but if it brings more, if it if yeah. your mark has talked to enough network people and feels like they can go out and sell that separately. Yeah, I get it. If it's a maybe three million a piece, is it worth it? If he can get that kind of money per year, or is it two and a half? I don't know. But yeah, you get to a point where it's almost like good God. How do you win a conference championship when you really nobody plays anybody right. and you half the league? And then yet again, there's the tournament that might be an elimination where eventually the strong survive. There's a lot of details you'd have to sort out. And there's obviously, you know, this detail to sort out. This is not a, a done deal by any means, but the way it was 
uh, told uh, to us yesterday is, yeah, this was a Gonzaga leak uh, and that there is something to it and that it's going to take a little bit of time. It's not imminent, um, but, you know, something to keep your eye on to be sure. Here are some stats from Dennis Dodd. He'll join us in less than 10 minutes. This is from Gonzaga basketball. So it's not like this is some independent person, but that Gonzaga skews younger, which is something that interests your mark. Uh, this is according to consultant research. Also, metrics show Gonzaga's ratings versus power opponents are two and a half times higher than an average Big 12 game. Since 2017, Gonzaga has the highest win percentage versus power teams at 78%. Now, again, this was sent and this came out from Gonzaga basketball. And so you probably need to cross-check a little bit of that. And I'm sure somebody will. But Dennis will join us today in about now eight minutes to discuss it a little bit further. I did reach out to Bob Thompson and asked him if he would want to come on the show to talk about uh, the Pac-12 lawsuit, Washington trying to join that thing for eventually to get it dismissed. He basically sent me a text. He goes, it just sounds like a bunch of legal maneuverings to me. Um, Let's see how it goes before I jump on and discuss it. And then also he is a part of a court case in which the school's single sport value is involved in this court case. And so for him to come on and discuss Gonzaga, is he can't because of, I don't know exactly the name of it or exactly what's going on with that, but I, I appreciate Bob Thompson giving me that information straight up off the top. So he can't discuss it even if he was on, so we don't put him in an uncomfortable situation. Here are the games tonight in college football. Tuesday night, Louisiana Tech, Middle Tennessee State, Liberty and Jacksonville State, Coastal Carolina at Appalachian State. Those are the games tonight in college football. All right? As we, I just take away some of your off-the-radar. I always do it on off-the-radar. <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry. That's all right. I, I, need to keep, I need to stop doing that. That's all right. Kansas quarterback Jalen Daniels, perhaps the MVP before the conference season began, looks like doubtful now. For their game against Oklahoma State this week, he's, of course, been dealing with back issues. He did not play against Texas. Uh, He did not play this past weekend. And uh, he also was out of practice yesterday and also today. Jason Bean is not a bad backup, remains or expected to start this weekend. Especially not bad when you have to throw the ball like nine times or whatever they did. Yeah, because you run Uh, for 400. you ran so much. But I doubt that that's going to be the case against Oklahoma State. Um, while, I mean, the, what they did last week, and look, it is at home. They're a different team most of the time at home, unless, yeah, I guess, South Alabama rolls into town. But um, what they did last week against Kansas State was impressive. If they can build some momentum off of that and they keep, you know, look, they're watching Oklahoma State, if they do, like, turn around and win, is you're not going to, you know, have some of those classic Oklahoma State offenses like you've seen in the past. Like, it's going to be, you know, eating your vegetables watching the game, but – uh, you know, they still have a really great coach in Mike Gundy, a guy who's won a lot of games. So I'll be interested to see how that one goes uh, if if Kansas is not able to run the ball, you know, to a, a good fraction of what they did last week. Yeah, I mean, they didn't have 100 yards receiving or passing uh, in that game. So uh, the benefits of playing UCF and that run defense, uh, I think we've seen that for a couple of weeks in a row now, if not, you know, before that as well. That's why we knew that Baylor had an opportunity to run the ball against them, and they did. And then Kansas obviously did what they did down Jalen Daniels. I mean, he was the Big 12 offset, off, Offensive Preseason Player of the Year. 
Uh, certainly isn't going to be the offensive no. player of the year. I mean, who would that – Dylan Gabriel right now, would that be the favorite probably, the would, offensive player of the I year? I would say Gabriel, and I think that you might see Brooks yeah. from Texas in that conversation. Ewers would be in the mix. So, yeah, <laughs> but he's definitely not going to be that with as much time as he's missed. Uh, really unfortunate for Kansas. They're still 2-1 and one in conference, so they're in good shape. But that Oklahoma State game – I do think looks drastically different than it did a week ago uh, with their big win over K-State. I think some of that speaks to K-State's issues, but I also think that may speak to Oklahoma State kind of figuring it out a little bit and finding, you know, a, a, a path for them to find some success down this second half. So, um, you know, never rule Gundy out. They're playing at home as well. So, um, you know, I think that's a game where Kansas is going to have to tread lightly. And I think if you pick Oklahoma State, I did earlier. I, I think o- Oklahoma State uh, wins the game now because of the Jalen Daniels news. But uh, that's going to be an interesting outcome because if Oklahoma State wins a couple games in a row all of a sudden, I mean, yep. the narrative around them changes. And then for Kansas, obviously, um, you know, 2-1 and one, moving to 2-2. Two and two. Put yourself in a little bit of a tighter spot, but just bottom line with them, not having Jalen Daniels stinks, and and that's that's not allowing them to have the full, uh, you know, meal deal as far as they were expecting this season, and that's unfortunate. Andrell Anthony, heck of a receiver, transferred from Michigan. He's at Oklahoma, out for the year with a knee injury. That is a killer news. Twenty-seven catches, four hundred twenty-nine yards, and a touchdown. He is out for the year for Oklahoma. Uh, yeah, that's a bummer. He was having a really good season, and for as much as they needed weapons to emerge uh, throughout these first few weeks and, and you know figure out who's who and what's what, uh, he was one of those guys uh, amongst that receiving core that had stood out and was making some big-time plays, and Nick Anderson, another one, and Drake Stoops, obviously, and so on and so forth. But, yeah, really good season and, and good player, and uh, that's, just, that's, that's bad news. A big piece of bad news coming out of Saturday for Oklahoma. Yeah, because he's a lanky. They've got some tall, lanky-type guys that, that made plays. Uh, is this one I can use? Yeah. Former Baylor quarterback Jacob Zeno is the Earl Campbell Tyler Rose Award National Player of the Week, threw for 353 yards and four touchdowns in a win against UCF, who had been playing pretty well. Remember, they played well against Alabama. USF, USF excuse me. Good God, UCF's going to go crazy. So, Jacob Zeno, former Baylor quarterback. Kyron Drones playing pretty well at Virginia Tech. Uh, Zeno now ranks third in completions per game, fourth nationally in completion percentage. He played at John Jay High School in San Antonio. Congratulations to Jacob Zeno. Yeah, that award, for those that don't know, um, a bit of part of accumulating the stats for it, it goes to the best player uh, who's playing in the state of Texas or is from the state of Texas on the offensive side of the football, mostly geared towards skill guys because it's hard to measure offensive linemen on a weekly basis. Um, So, yeah, he's from Texas, from San Antonio, so he qualifies for the award even though he plays uh, at UAB and uh, had a big game, and they needed a win. They were on a four-game losing streak, and uh, he put up some big numbers, obviously, as you just mentioned, and I think he's done well there at UAB. He's had a a pretty good little run, um, even though the the record's not quite where they want it to be just yet, but, um, you know, he's gotten a lot of time and experience. He's thrown a lot of interceptions, but he's learning, and he's getting opportunity, and that's what he could not get at Baylor, and Mm -hmm. so good for him, and and that's a big-time deal to get that award one quick note one of the college football note than dennis dodd michigan they are just blowing people out hammering people max olsen threw this up today michigan's defense has played 313 plays this season in six games not one time not once have they had to defend any kind of first and goal nobody has managed to run a play inside their 10 yard line 
They're pretty incredible all the way around. They really are. They're about as solid as it gets, and it might not be like the front page headlines because of the matchups they played so far, but they are about as solid as it gets from the eye test and on paper. I think when you beat people how you're supposed to beat them every week, that kind of shows who you are. Yeah. Sure, yeah. It does. Dennis Dodd, CBS Sports, joins us on 365 Sports with Craig and Paul. And I'm David Smoke. Dennis, thank you very much for your time. How much do you feel like this Gonzaga, this momentum, when do you think this might happen if it does? I think it could. I, I think it's kind of open-ended. I mean, the deal to be done no push on the side of Gonzaga. Uh, the interest right now, well, I shouldn't say it's one-sided because I think interest from Gonzaga, but there's no urgency. You know what I mean? You know, mm-hmm. They're happy. They're happy in the West Coast. They get access to the tournament in the West Coast. They have a weighted share in the West Coast Conference. So this isn't something I think it's, I mean, it could happen if on Brett Yormark's timeline, he wants it today. But I'll just put it that way. There's no urgency to, have, to get it done right away. Who wants it, if you would say more, Yormark or Gonzaga? Uh, I think the commissioner, well, you have to have a third party in there. Mm-hmm. So the ADs and the president. Um, it sort of doesn't matter what Brett Yormark wants unless he's got the support of his uh, administrators to do such a deal. And the ink is barely dry on the new football deal. They haven't even played a season with 16. So I think there's some thinking at least in the conference, it's like, whoa, 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 hold on a minute. Let's, let's see how this goes first before we do this basketball-only thing. Uh, and especially since it looks like neither partner is going to pay for it, ESPN or Fox. So as I wrote during the summer, that money might have to come from the existing, uh, the existing member shares. So if it comes from the existing member shares, is that the thing that would essentially slow it down? In the in the in the short term, well, I think that's one reason. Um, again, you know, let's let's let this thing play out. You know, that this is the first. I'm sorry, this is the same mentality that was going around in the Big Ten this summer until all of a sudden Oregon and Washington came available because of Colorado going to the Big Twelve. But there's there's nothing like that on the horizon right now. It looks like realignment is going to slow down for a period of years, and so. You know, if there's a deal to be done after next basketball season, you know, there, there's a way of thinking that says, well, why don't you wait till then? Um, and, and nobody knows how, uh, there's another component to this. Nobody knows how long Mark Few's going to be around and if Gonzaga's going to be as good because that's what you're doing. You're adding value to a conference where Brett Yormark wants to bifurcate football and, and basketball and, and sell them as separate entities. So that's something to consider too. Dennis, as you know, like that opens the door to lots of other doors. What about UConn? What about this team? What about that team? What about you know the the Pac-12 leftovers? You just said you think the realignment's kind of slowing down for a little while, but like, how many doors do you think the Big 12 is opening and looking into right now? Is it just kind of solely focused on Gonzaga? Where does where does other potential you know dominoes, if you will, kind of sit at the moment? Well, as we as we open every realignment conference. For every realignment analysis by saying never say never because you can never be wrong because what you write today that's wrong could be right tomorrow. But uh, right now, it's, I, I haven't heard anything else. It's just, as I tried to couch it, renewed interest 
uh, between the two parties. And anything beyond that, um, you know, I, I think is even more clouded than what we're talking about right now. Brett, your mark has great equity because of what he's done. Obviously, Bowlesby made the first move, but then your mark did the new TV extension and then also the addition. Uh, how much does he have to kind of watch this and make sure that, and I don't think he would go to a vote if he didn't know he had it, because he does. Yeah. if they vote no, that, that gets out, and then it, does that take a little luster off of him? Um, I think you're right. I think you don't take a vote until you know you have the vote. Um, what you do is take straw straw polls inside that are unofficial, but you know we're that tell him we're not ready to go there. And I think it's what is it? I think it's two thirds. I'm not sure, um, uh, or 75 percent of the 16 have to vote yes. I believe that's the case, uh, and, and perhaps they're, they're not there yet. Um, have the presidents even been engaged yet? You know, the, the ADs are advisory. The presidents or the CEOs, they ratify such a move. I, I don't know how far that's gone. But, you know, I mean, look, there's, there have been commissioners that have, you know, pushed beyond their boundaries. There are commissioners that misled a conference. That led to the end of the Pac-12. So I don't I, – I, you're right. I think Brett Yormark has a lot of equity um, built up in the league. So th- this thing will be handled whatever way it's handled. So one of the things you mentioned would be off in the future – 17 is an odd number, and especially when it comes to a, a sport in basketball that has a conference tournament, those are things that have to be figured out. Would there be an 18th basketball member uh, brought along, or is that something that would maybe have to be done when he bifurcates it, as you said before? An 18th basketball-only member? Yeah. I don't know who that'd be. Yeah. Um, you know, unless, you know, I think the college, the UConn thing didn't get done because I don't think the ADs had an appetite for UConn football. And so, you know, do you, if you're UConn, do you go Big 12, uh, which they're all in on, by the way. I reported that. UConn was all in on the move to the Big 12. Uh, The Big 12 didn't feel the same way at the time. But yeah, I don't know about, I don't know about two basketball only deal. That makes it really complicated in terms of. Of, uh, of revenue, I think if there's an 18th member, you have to be have to be whole. And, and in regards to 17, look, it's it, you can do it. I mean, look, the the Big East plays 20 conference games to get as much coverage of the membership as they can. I, I started thinking about this. You have 17 members. The conference tournament is really easy. You either you either let the last place team doesn't qualify, or the last three teams don't qualify, and you've got a 14 team tournament. But that's easy. You can still do it over four days. Dennis, I know it's not about immediate wins and losses, but obviously UConn football not following up, you know, probably especially winning what they want, not following up in the in the grandest fashion so far this season. But you could also, that leads me to talk about the Big 12 not exactly, you know, being no. the best it can possibly be with the Oklahoma and Texas, you know, success thus far and where they sit atop the conference. Just what are your thoughts on, on kind of a down year for the league and, and – not the worst case scenario, but obviously not what you would like to see with the two that are leaving on top and, and kind of not really looking like they're all that threatened at the moment. Yeah. I mean, I, I said that from the beginning, I said, I said the biggest thing about the new big 12 was it doesn't want to become what the PAC 12 has become. And that is everybody's got two losses by November 1st. And that's a generality. I'm not saying that would happen, but it has happened lately in the PAC 12. Um, you don't want to be that. The salvation there 
is you've got 12 teams. And in most years, you're going to have a slot. Uh, and at worst case scenario, it looks like it's going to be the top five ranked conference champions. And I, I, I would dare think that probably the Big 12 champion is going to be ranked um, in most years. Maybe not, but, you know, and if you're there, I still think there's a spot for them among the 12. Here's what gives me pause, and I started thinking about this over the weekend. Uh, I don't know if you guys noticed this, but there's three undefeated teams in the uh, in the ACC: Florida State, um, uh, Louisville, and North Carolina. Okay, they don't play each other, and part of that's a product of super conferences. You know, where you can't play mm-hmm. everybody in, in an 18 team league. Uh, in a 15 team league, there's going to be what? Uh, let's see, eight, seven, seven misses. Yep. So that could, they could go to Selection Sunday with a conference champion, you know, the loser in the conference championship game, and then an undefeated 12-0 and team sitting out there. Well, what do you do with them? Or how do you even break that tie for the championship game? And in the ACC, <laughs> I got the tiebreakers. It would come down to record against common opponents. Well, that's not a tiebreaker because, you know, you, you'd all be undefeated. And right now they all play Miami and Duke. I looked it up. Um, or a record of teams you've played in the conference. Well, we don't know that yet. But the next tiebreaker after that is something called the Team Power Index from Sports Source Analytics. This is an analytics group that everybody buys and subscribes to. I called the guy, the head of it, wouldn't let me know where Florida State Carolina and Louisville were. The next tiebreaker is Jim Phillips pulling names out of a hat. Jeez. So to go back to my original point, in any given year, now that we have all this consolidation, you're going to see 10, 10 teams ranked in the top 25 from one conference. And that's going to be scary in terms of playoff spots, whether they go to 6 plus 6, 5 plus 7, or 12 at large. So that would be something in the Big 12 I'd be concerned about. Great stuff, Dennis. Thank you very much. Uh, you gave us the 10 minutes we asked for. As always, appreciate the knowledge, the insight, reporting. Have a great day. You got it. Thanks. Dennis Todd, CBS Sports, joined us. And let's also kind of summarize what he's saying. This is all coming from Gonzaga, which is, again, smart. That doesn't mean this is imminent because nobody has said that. And if they have, that's, you know, again, you, you have your own definition of imminent. And I like what he said because we kind of brought that up. Man, they're not even the, – the, the blood the, – the, the bodies aren't even, like, cold yet on the ones who are coming in. Right. And, and I, I do agree, Craig. I, one of the things that he was talking about, tiebreakers and three unbeaten teams, the part that I will miss the most about the Big 12, period, all the other stuff, I don't care, is the fact that everybody played everybody, so everybody had a chance to beat everybody nine games, and if you won the regular season title, you were undefeated – that means you beat everybody. There was no, oh, you, they didn't play X, Y, and Z. And it at least allowed that the championship game, there was guaranteed to be a rematch, but you knew, like, hey, there's a, a team might be better at that point later in the year, yep. or the other team just proves, like, they are without a shadow of a doubt the better team, or, you know, any number, number of ways it can work out. I think the rematch actually is interesting um, because it also wasn't a divisional thing. It wasn't like you lucked out and you played the Big 12 West team who's, like, you know, eight and four or something. You no, you played the second best team or the best team. It was the top two teams, period. And so I thought it was perfect. I mean, round robin and you have the best two teams playing each other. 
I mean, what more could you want? Um, but I understand you can't sustain that, that you weren't able to, you know, just live off that for the rest of time. So, yeah, it's uh, wildly different. There's going to be years where you're gonna, not going to play, you know, numerous teams. And uh, I don't love that, but that's basically every conference now, right? I mean, everybody that's in existence is going to be the same way. And, you know, now you just need them all to agree on how many games everybody's playing. Um, which, you know, still remains a work in progress. But, yeah, that round robin going to the wayside, I think, is something that um, is going to be missed, at least by me and I'm, I'm sure by others, because it was truly the clear deal, one true champion, as much as we, you know, made fun of that tagline, especially when it was being used. It was the very first year out of the gates they had a tie. Um, so it was just kind of silly. But, no, they, they had a one true champion at the end of it. And, um, yeah, I think that that's something that, you know, is definitely getting lost in this. That was a good deal. When we come back, he is in the College Football Hall of Fame. He uh, played, of course, in the NFL with the Cowboys and the Falcons. Great player at Oklahoma, Tony Casillas. One of the things, Paul, don't let me forget, Craig, as well, that he made a comment about the jersey swaps you see at the end of games between Micah Parson and Christian McCaffrey based on it being a blowout. Make sure we ask him about that because he wasn't real thrilled with what he saw after 41-10. to 10. Tony Casillas, Mac Rhodes today at 420, and this is 365 Sports. Stonewood Dental, Robinson, Texas. I have a, an appointment to go see Dr. Childress, uh, and I think it's uh, next week, 19th, I think it is. And that is to just kind of make sure everything that he's done the last few weeks and months is okay. You know, I had the bridge issue that got loose. I had to put a crown in. I had a cavity. Oh, my God. But this is catching up and now trying to stay ahead of the curve. And I just go in for just to, like, let's, let's see where everything is. And that's what he's done. And that's what his staff has done from the hygienists to the uh, others who are right there with him, his assistants, and Dr. Steve Childress and his great, great dentistry at Stonewood Dental. Dr. Childress, by the way, also, uh, if it's an emergency, I have had that happen on a late Friday night when I bit into something and felt like my head was going to explode. He met me at his dentist office and fixed the problem enough to get me through the weekend because I don't think I would have been able to do that. He's amazing at what he does. He has served our country and those who served the country and done dental work for them, our soldiers. Dr. Steve Childress, Stonewood Dental in Robinson, Texas. During Jeep Adventure Days, Alan Samuels in Waco is celebrating with an incredible line of 2023 models like the Grand Cherokee, Renegade, Wrangler, and Gladiator. Come see what Alan Samuels can offer you and your family and find the Jeep SUV that fits your lifestyle. Pioneer Steel and Pipe opened their doors in 1943 and they have never wavered with their focus on great product and customer service, relationships with a handshake, making sure you, the customer, is satisfied. Their new facility is now twice the size, allowing new inventory, higher quantities, and in a much more organized fashion. In addition to the long lengths in tubing, angles, channels, rods, and flat, Pioneer Steel and Pipe now offers several shorter, more convenient lengths of material already cut. Their 2,500 square foot showroom has over 1,000 new products in stock, new welding supplies, hardware, quickcrete, and do-it-yourself components for any project, whether you are a professional contractor or weekend warrior. The new facility is designed to make your loading experience faster and more efficient with easy drive lanes around the building and much more room to get your trailer loaded. Our location may have changed, but our values haven't, and our relationship with customers goes much farther than just business. Pioneer Steel and Pipe on Loop 340 and Highway 6 and just east of I-35 in Waco. 
Automatic Chef Canteen is a full-service micromarket vending and office coffee provider with state-of-the-art vending equipment, a wide variety of products, and offering custom-fitted micromarket vending office coffee solutions for your employee break room. You want a full break room solution and a workplace oasis? Well, Automatic Chef Canteen, locally owned and operated for over 50 years in Central Texas, also includes in-house mechanics on call 24-7 for fast, reliable service and maintenance. Automatic Chef Canteen, 6900 Imperial Drive in Waco or online at AutomaticChefCanteen.com. Looking to connect with Baylor alums in your area? Baylor alumni can help. Looking to host a watch party in your city? Baylor alumni can get you started. Want to step out in your community and serve with other alums? Baylor alumni is your connection with the university and each other. Let's get started. Learn how at baylor.edu slash alumni. Stepping into a new pair of boots is great, but stepping into the boots of a U.S. Army officer can also add confidence and leadership skills to your son or daughter's career path. There are more than 150 occupational specialties to help them find the best fit for their future. See all the things your son or daughter can achieve in our boots at GoArmy.com. U.S. Army Waco Recruiting Company, 254-598-8131 or 254-776-1543. This is 365 Sports. The 3 o'clock hour is sponsored by Waco Custom Marketplace. Meats, sweets, Texas treats, and a cut above the rest. 425 Lake Air Drive, Waco. There's a lot of ways to describe what Tony Casillas did at Oklahoma, also in the NFL, but this is the one that I love when you can say he's a part of the College Football Hall of Fame. He has his Tony Casillas podcast as well. He joins us on 365 Sports with Paul Craig, and I'm David Smoke. Tony, thanks for your time and, and appreciate it. Can you try to explain, and did you think that Oklahoma had made the changes enough to where they could go head-to-head with Texas and also, even though they gave up a lot of yards, this defense is better. Well, first of all, it's always great being on with you. Um, uh, to be honest with you, no. I, I thought that I was kind of like buying into what Texas was, was doing, you know, beating and look at their schedule, playing Alabama and on the road and winning and what they've been doing. And it really – you're watching Oklahoma from last year and this year. There's leaps and bounds on the defensive side of the ball. They, you know, they lead a lot of different categories and, you know, the top five and defense points allowed per game. So, you know, I really didn't know they'd go into this game how, you know, how they would measure up because there's always this so called measuring game. And I know that that's, you know, that's real. I know that as a player and also, you know, watching it as a fan and, so I really didn't know what to expect, but, you know, that display of defense and the way they resilience and, and the negative plays and just keep coming at you and not making a lot of mistakes. I, I know that's a long, long answer, but no, not the way they did it on, uh, on Saturday. I, I think that Brent Venables has done a tremendous job and, and, and you can see his touch and the things they, he's done. You know, second year in the league, especially compared to last year, which it was just uh, just a, a, a debacle for season, beginning of season for him. But 
that was pretty impressive, my friend, what they did at the Cotton Bowl last Saturday. Is the style that he brings, it kind of seems to me kind of maybe a, a morphing of Bob Stoops and then a little bit of what they were getting with Lincoln Riley's. They still run a, a wide open offense, but they have that early Bob Stoops defensive edge now. Well, first of all, when you talk to defense, you never use Lincoln Riley's name and that. <laughs> yeah. Let, let's, let's, just, let's just put that out there right now. And regardless of what – you know, Bob, yeah, I think that, you know, when, when Brent was the, the co-offensive – excuse me, defensive coordinator with Mike Stoops, they had tremendous players. They went out and had good defensive linemen. They had really good linebackers. And they ran that type of downhill, uh, run blitz, pass blitz type of defense. And, and really just uh, focus on the physicality of it. And really, I think for for a lot of OU fans, I think it was very frustrating. And I know for as a former player that a lot of former players that played on the defensive side of the ball, that was a, a defensive school, to see them what they're doing now and implementing that. I, I will say this, that, you know, Brent is a you know very compassionate leader. He, I think that, I think the I think the biggest question is is like how would they buy into his you know, he gets very he's an intense, he's a very passionate coach, but you know, I, I think that he's these kids and, and you know, with the the air of transfer portal getting the right guys, he's able to morph that into something that, that the players that you can see that they didn't do last year, obviously the year before. Um, but it's concise. It's a, it's a run blitz, pass blitz type of defense but they're so good at you know they got they're so concise and they're with what they're doing the discipline I think that's the thing that really sticks out to me is how disciplined they are and how they tackle and the physicality and everything and, and it really shows what he did when he was at Clemson when they were balling and having great defenses and finding great linebackers and, and really just hitting gaps and really just doing your responsibility because sometimes with something like that, you try to make too many big plays and really just opponents counter against that. But I think that the culmination of just what he, his style and as a player, I'll tell you this right now, as a defensive player, you know, I really couldn't say that in the last 10 years, you guys alluded to it. You know, you come to Oklahoma, you're going to have fun playing on the, the defense. I mean, it's everything that a defensive player wants to play. You have a chance to make a lot of big plays, and really that's what you thrive on as a defensive player. So I am just really just uh, – it's amazing what they've done in, in two years. I saw a couple of people stream together a video comparing the uh, goal line stand to the goal line stand against Texas in 1984. Do you see the comparisons? I thought about that. I, I was It was interesting that you bring that up because – you know, I thought about that and it's been so long ago. It was barely color, I had color film back then, but regardless, <laughs> yeah, you know, it, it, it really, it, it showcases because you know what the mentality is in a game like that. You know, certainly ours was a, it was a closer game. You know, Texas, both of us were ranked in the top four, but you know, it, it was very symbolic, you know, and we, and we had to really, we had to, to just, find a way to keep them out of the end zone. And, you know, I, I think people think, oh, it's, it's a lot harder than, than, than it's been done. And, and really that's the hardest thing to be able to do is to keep, you know, you got the, the deep, the offense has got the ball like in the yard or the half yard line and we're supposed to keep them out of the end zone. So there's this will, but 
But what they did in, against Texas to really to validate, because I think sometimes I think a team, you know, you know how it is. People are like waiting to show me something. But I think that particular moment, that stand, when they were able to validate themselves and really to say, you know what, it doesn't matter where we're at on the field. We can be on the 50. We can be on the 20 in the red zone. We can be on the half-yard line. We're going to knock your ass back, and we're going to deny you. Now, whether you can do that or not, I mean, that's what you believe in. But the more and more you just you keep just knocking them off the ball and you surge, uh, and, and really what it meant in that game. I mean, there's so many big plays in that game, but defensively, that game, that that particular play right there, and a lot of other plays in that game were the, the big difference in who could win and lose. And certainly, what they're able to do is there's a, a lot of parallels to what we did in '84, what they did in in, uh, in, in, you know, 2023. And, and, and I will say this, you know, we won the, you know, we won the big eight championship and that chance to play for the national championship. And, you know, I, I, I really, I don't think a lot of people can say this, that, you know, this, this team goes through the, you know, takes care of business. Hopefully, you know, it looks like maybe they'll play Texas in the big 12. They'll have a shot at it. They'll have a shot at, of, of being able to play for, you know, getting the college football playoffs at least. But I mean, could anyone have said this about this team going into the season based on last year? I, I, you'd be lying to yourself and lying to everyone if you said yes. Tony, can you try to describe, and the game's over, but the emotions of the week of Texas, the game itself compared to anything else, and you played in some other huge games, but also how do you battle the week after? If you if you didn't get an off week, how did you battle the following week if you won the loss or lost the game? Well, I, I will. The, the advice I give the kids is that I know that it's after a bye week and is that just to take care of yourself. You know, have fun. Uh, we don't want to hear you in the news. You know, make smart decisions. Rest your body up, and then get ready to play uh, University of Central Florida. And I, I think that it's. I think it's a lot to do with the coach. I think that the coach is very symbolic in this, and he, he kind of understands and really has to say the right things. But, you know, you can't be with 18, 19, 20, 21-year-olds all the time. But, you know, I, I think that there's a lot to be said to that. But guess what? If you're good, you're good. If, you're, if you have the leadership and the background, the, the backbone in on that team to be able to put things together – uh, you won't have any problems with it. It's just that some of the things that you get distracted with, maybe you just start feeling really good about yourself. You know, all of a sudden, you know, people are reaching out to you, you know, all that goes along. But, um, you know, I think that it has a lot to do with with the coach and try to keep the real head in. But to the point about what you just said about this game and how the magnet and how it's magnified and the emotion you know, I, I was fortunate to play in uh, two Super Bowls. And, you know, I, I in the international championship during my career, I was very fortunate to be able to do that. But I will tell anyone that plays college football, for all those kids, you know, that are looking to go to a college, regardless of NIL, whatever it is, you will not play in a game, in a regular season game like the OU Texas game. There is no way that you can experience that energy, that craziness, that outcome in that game. And, oh, by the way, it did end up – they end up throwing the touchdown pass to Nick Anderson. That was in the OU section, so it exploded. You will never experience that in a game. 
uh, other than OU Texas game. And I'm not biased. I just know a lot of people that have been there that haven't played for it, just have been to the game. Like, Tony, this is like taking a drug, you know, a shot of adrenaline. And it's like, it's crazy. But, yeah, it's it's a – it's an out-of-body experience. It's, 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 there's nothing like it. And you feel it. You can feel it. You guys could feel it when you're watching. You can feel the energy mm-hmm. through, the, through the TV. And, and you don't get that anywhere, just how loud it is and how unique it is, the setting and everything, and to be able to kick their ass and on, a, on a, the last play of the game. I mean, have you ever seen a game where a team gets the ball with a minute and 13 seconds left with, and just – you know, you're thinking about kicking a field goal to, to take it into overtime, but to be able to take the ball down the field and score a touchdown like that and win the game, I mean, that doesn't happen. No, and it, Tony, that's what that offense was built for, though, was to, to go that fast. And it was kind of the, the, the perfect scenario for them and the worst one for Texas that that kind of exact amount of time was. I do like that you mentioned the fact that if one team scores in the other team's end and, like, you know, you score on your end, it just explodes. <laughs> but I do like the the watching in the other one is, you know, Oklahoma scored a touchdown on Texas's end earlier in the game, and all the cheers are coming from the back. And the other, you're just kind of like, <laughs> the fans on the Texas side are, are just, you know, sitting on their hands it's and quiet. angry. It's so strange. Yeah, you're, yeah you're not, there's no noise. There's not so ever. And then all of a sudden you hear, it's like, you know, you, the old school where they used to do the wave, you know, where the wave was coming. And the wave was in the very back until it got to that particular part of the stadium where the fans are and you know and, and to be able to score on the other end and just kind of just quiet them where there's not any emotion whatsoever until you go about 50 yards from where you scored and it's great it's chaos and yeah I, I think that that's unique to that game and and I, I think a lot of people talk about oh let's move it over to Jerry's world and you know, move it to AT&T and, and, and yeah, I, I thought about how that unique that would be to have more people but you know you just don't get the experience of the fair just the just the just the the atmosphere just the backdrop and everything it's crazy and and again to be able to finish the game off in your end zone on your side of the 50 where all your crazy fans are to give them that give them that gift i mean that's that's crazy Tony, is there a particular, like, Texas buddy or former player that is the the guy that, like, as soon as, the, you know, when you get into the trash talking with your buds, like, that's the guy that you're, you're looking forward to talking to from the other side the most? You know, I, you know, I, Jermichael Finley, I had a bet with him a couple of years ago, and I think that he was, I think it was, the, no, it wasn't last year's show, I think because we got our butts kicked, but the year before, <laughs> and he was supposed to wear my jersey, and I don't think he's done that yet. Uh. <laughs> but I just all I need to do is just go out and, and just tag someone or just say something. And, right. You know, I, I think that that's you know I you know I, I play golf with you know doing OU Texas uh, you know golf matchup and you know we we just talk about the game. But the best part of it is is, is sharing the moments with your your former teammates and the fans and just talking about it and reminiscent and just people looking forward to going to the Cotton Bowl. You know, that's the greatness of that game and just being able to you know, share the stories and be able to experience that. And, you know, my son, you know, my son went to OU and my, my other son went to UT. And they, they're today, I got him tickets in the OU section and my son was with his wife and they're from UT and 
my son's with OU and his buddies can sit next to him and just that whole banner with him. Yeah, that's what it's all about. It's it, it's a it's a great week to get a buy for just friendly uh, friendly hatred, I would say. Yeah, it's just smack talking. Let's have fun. No, no harm, no foul. Let's just let's just enjoy it, and that's the whole part of the game, man. It's and that's it represents so much and for generations. And you know, I, I played. I met a guy that hadn't been missed a, a OU Texas game in fifty five years. And, so that's just the uniqueness of it. It, it. It's got so many tentacles, and people have so many memories of it. And, you know, that game right there, guys, I mean, think about it. Instant classic. I mean, I, I you know, I, I go backwards. Uh, you know, you can talk about the game. So that game right there had everything. Everything, a fan, you know, whether it's a cardiac arrest, whatever happens. I mean, it had everything in that game that you, you, you got your money's worth and then some. All right, Tony, 41 to 10, 49ers bury the Cowboys, and it, it never really was close. And then I saw a tweet you put up with uh, Micah Parsons, who's an incredible player, but did not get involved much because of their scheme at San Francisco and Christian McCaffrey. Trading jerseys, go. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Man, I, I don't know. I, I think that you guys know, I, I, I come from – you know, I play in a different generation, and, mm-hmm. and, and look, I always I talk to guys after the game, and I don't know. There's certain there's certain opponents that I really despise. I think we despise. And first and foremost, I mean, I, if Jimmy Johnson ever saw that happen, you you wouldn't get on the plane. You would walk home. That wouldn't happen. Um, but it's it's 2023. It's the modern athlete. But I just don't think whenever you you play a team like the 49ers and all this hype and how good you are and you, know, you got everyone back and you're the best defense player in the league. And, and the 49ers said, no, I don't think so. We're just going to just, we're just going to give you a good old fashioned butt kicking and proceed to win beat you 42 to 10. And I just don't, I don't know. I, I think that a lot of those things that I, that I see happen. And look, I'm not, I mean, maybe I'm being old school, but I think, you know, on Twitter, I was surprised that people responded to and like were agreed with what I was saying. But I don't think, I don't think people like to, I don't like to see that because the worst thing that I want to see is a guy after we just got our asses kicked 42 to 10 and go up to him and say, hey, bro, hey, man, uh, you know, I, if I'm Christian McCaffrey, I had no problem with it because I just, you know, we just reached 42 to 10. But I just don't. I, I just don't think that 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 moment, the move would be to like, okay, yeah, let's let's tell you, let's do a picture and we'll do a social media and everything, and we'll just, you know, we'll we'll swap jerseys and uh, and 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 act like that it was it was great. It was great the last three hours. I enjoyed it. I want your jersey. Okay, I'll do that. But I just feel like maybe sometimes you just go to the locker and or say, hey. Dude, I'll, I'll see you. I'll, I'll, you know what? I'll hit you up, man. Send me a, one of your jerseys in off season, and, and we'll, we'll exchange in. But I, I'm not in the mood right now uh, because that was just a total domination by the 49ers. They clearly said a statement that they're probably the best team in the National Football League, probably the best quarterback in the National Football League, the guy that got drafted, the last mm-hmm. player in the draft, Mr. Brock Purdy. I mean – I just don't – can you guys just figure that out, how great this guy is? 
transition to the NFL and looks to carve the defense up. And this was a good defense. Going to this game, and there's a lot of hype, but what he was able to do, and yeah, you know, they had Trayvon Dixie's out, but what he is able to do as a player, I mean, it's one of the most remarkable stories, stories in professional in the NFL that's happened in a long time. I mean, it's just crazy. Yeah, Tony, do you think um, part of it is that he started for four years? He's played a lot of football before he got in the NFL, and a lot of the guys. I'll just use Anthony Richardson as an example. You know, he only he only started for a full season at, at Florida, like a season and a half. And Brock Purdy had four years. So while maybe he doesn't have the you know crazy measurables that a guy like Anthony Richardson does, experience wise, he he's he's been in the trenches a little bit more. That's a great point because I mean I think an OU, as an OU fan is watching him play. I mean he was he was an Oklahoma killer. And he was a Texas killer. He did. He was a great player in college at Iowa State. And to your point, you know, he was a guy that yeah, I think that probably played with a chip on his shoulder. I think that he actually got a scholarship, I think, somewhere in Alabama. I think I read or my son was telling me that he got sick. And so they, you know, they were sending the scholarship to go to Alabama. So this kid, man, he is just, he gets it. You know, I think that he's very, he, he understands the form, you know, the, the, the schemes of the defense and his anticipation. And to your point, his knowledge and understanding and just his work ethic. Uh, but just to be the last player drafted in the, in the NFL draft and, you know, they draft Trey Lance and this was a gift from the football gods, Brock Purdy. Are you kidding me? And, but you're right. I mean, he's had a lot of experience in, the, in college football. And I, I think that that's, there's a lot of credence that goes along with that for preparation and getting in the NFL. And, you know, all these kids and all these guys have, you know, the arms, the arms to do it. But do they have the aptitude? Do they have the awareness? Can they understand and can they process the information in 2.5 seconds? I mean, this guy looks like he slows everything down. I don't know about you, but it, Seems like every time he throws a football, someone's going to be open and he's going to make a he's going to throw a dime. I mean, that's what I saw against the Cowboys. I mean, it was just it was just amazing. Tony, a couple of questions from those who watch us that are in the chat room, and and I know you got to go, and we appreciate your time. Oh, man, this is great, man. You, I'm good. Your thoughts about based on Oklahoma, they have still they have some warts, although they also are so much better. Do you think right now they're playoff caliber? And number two, can you try to explain uh, the the calmness and what Dylan Gabriel has brought to this team this year? Well, I think Oklahoma, they obviously, they're playing with a huge amount of momentum and trust and confidence. And, and I think that that's what kind of the doctor ordered. Because I think that the... the the defensive philosophy and the defensive um, side of the ball was was looking for a beacon to save say that you know that part of the phase of the game and I and I and I say that very authentically because I think that I think that's kind of what people have talked about you know you you, you know Lincoln Riley obviously didn't could spell defense and <laughs> and you know I, I just you know not to take a shot at him but it's it still does the same thing in USA. They don't know how they, that wasn't their, you know, their, their focal point. 
And I think that that's what the Oklahoma has found. And, and so I think that that's really something that Venables, and I think that he wanted to really just, that was going to be a, an emphasis when he was a coach. You know what? We know we're going to score points. You know, we're going to have athletes, we're going to have a quarterback. What are we going to do on the other side of the ball? Because we got to stop that people. And so I think they've gotten that. Now, where they take that from this point forward, you know, it's all on them. I mean, should they run the table? Yeah, I think so. But there's going to be some teams that are some barriers there. Uh, and you can't let, you know, good teams don't let, you know, those type of barriers get in their way. And they just go on and they take care of business. Um, now, Dylan Gabriel, I didn't even talk about him. But that guy, he's he was amazing in the Texas game. You know, I always say this, and I think that it goes, you know, really good and great players play in, in a game like that, playing big moments. And, you know, I don't, if to that point, I'm thinking, you know, I don't, you know, he's, he's not the most, he's not, he's not the, the tallest guy. He doesn't throw a lot in the middle of the field. He throws out on the perimeter. But, but what he was able to do is just kind of slow things down and some of the plays and he improvised. And I don't know how many times he scrambled on third and long and in that last play where he kind of ducked and then he got, he, he dodged and then he bobbed back up and he found his, his, his uh, receiver. I mean, there's a lot of confidence in that kid. And, and, you know, I know they lost, uh, Antrell Anthony. And I think that he just, he's out for the season, but still they have Farouk and they have, uh, they have, uh, Nick Anderson. But I think the guy is just, I think he, he he's got an appointment. He's got the confidence. And really, I think he uses legs because really, I, I don't think anyone really saw that. And I'm like, well, look, look this guy, this guy can, make plays with the flag and he did that against Texas in this huge game. So I think he gives you a dual threat now. And I think a lot of teams that watch film, especially that game, they're going to say, look, you know, all of a sudden we got to keep some guys around the line of scrimmage, maybe a spy guy or someone around to, to not let him kill us. And, you know, especially when you have a four-man front that's playing man-to-man like that or zone or whatever they're playing, um, you know, he's going to hurt you. But, you know, the answer to your question, I think this team has a chance to go far. I mean, I, I don't know. You know, I, I think they can play the, win the Big 12 look, based on their schedule. BYU, that's kind of a unique game. And there's a couple of games in there that, you know, Baylor, I mean, I, I, I don't, I don't know, but realistically, if you ask me now after watching that game, like everyone else, I mean, I, I think that maybe they'll have a rematch in Texas and, you know, that'll be the, you know, that'll be the game that determines. I don't know what a one-loss team that goes in the college football playoffs, maybe. But certainly if, if Oklahoma runs the table, hell yeah, they'll be playing in the college football playoff because they deserve it. Tony or will deserve it. Last question. They don't have to play Baylor. They probably wish they did uh, right now. Oh, okay, that's schedule. right. That's right. Uh, I forgot. Yeah, the real life, yeah. You played with Dion. I think when, after the year after the Cowboys won the Super Bowl, he was still with the team when you went back to Dallas. Did you, I don't know about the time in Atlanta. Did you ever expect him to be at least what he's done so far for Colorado and be that successful that quickly? You know, I, I, I don't. I, I, it's such a surprise, and it's so great to see the evolution of Coach Prime because he's totally different than he was player a player. I mean, he was he was prime time. I, mean, I, I played with him in Atlanta the first time I played when I was there, and I was there that week. He played in the World Series with the Yankees. Went three for five, had a home run, got on an airplane, came back two days later and tucked the open, open and kickoff for touchdown. I mean, who in the hell does that? Just 
a, a tremendous, just crazy athlete. But you know, I, I think the, I think it's you know a lot of these coaches were living fear to they don't know how to act or respond to someone like you know, Dion, you know, Coach Prime, because he does have this larger than life persona. He does utilize his tools that allows now the modern day player where NIL and transfer portal, you know, everyone laughed at him when he said, you know, they thought, you know, even coach Venables took a shot. And he said, you know, I don't sit around and, and hand out pink flips. Well, you know, I think everyone is entitled to their opinion, but it's like, you know, coach prime says, uh, you know, the, just, just sit, sit back and watch. And so I think that, it's different to see him as a player and now as a coach and as a, a different person and different part of his life, really caring about these kids and really kind of trying to help them in a long time with the brand, everything goes and comes along with that. And really just kind of humbling and say, look, you, you're going to have the opportunity to come to a place like Colorado and be around this. And, but the most important thing is I care about you as a young man. And to be able to get those two components and be able to send that message and the authenticity, I, it's not a bunch of highs. It's, it's really, it's really him, his sincere words and the authenticity and authentic he is. And, and I, I just sometimes I think other coaches, they haven't seen that on the other side of, on the other side of the sidelines of this, this tremendous player that's had this great career now is having success and, and, you know, there's going to be a lot more to this in his career, but to see the the kind of the circus and that comes along with it, but in a healthy way. It's a healthy way, and I think that that's what he really emphasizes to these young men in the locker room, on the field, and really the responsibility of the things that they need to be accountable for. And I think that that's the, the best thing you can get, and and with him, you're going to get it. Uh, and I, I'm just, I'm just so happy for him. And, and, uh, I, I wish him nothing but luck because he's going to have a lot of success. Tony, thanks for the time and the knowledge, the insight, experience, and opinion. We appreciate you very much. Thanks for being a part of the show. Anytime, guys. Great appreciate stuff. It. Thanks for having me. Tony Casillas, a college football Hall of Famer, part of a championships, couple of Super Bowls, as he mentioned, with the Cowboys. And insight on every direction we could possibly go with him. That was really good. Yeah, yeah. there's a lot of a lot of informative and fun stuff there. And yeah, it just uh, hit me mid interview. I go, oh yeah, he played with Dion. Yeah. And I was like, oh no, he played with Dion twice yep. in yeah. Atlanta and Dallas. And so I'm glad that we got that question in there as well to get his thoughts. But yeah, obviously he's fired up, and, and who wouldn't be? You know, as even the most confident Oklahoma fans. I know that last year was an aberration for many, but you know, for me, I just. I'm not like just, I'll, all right, I'll just believe it. Uh, you know, I, I was very hesitant in, in buying into what Brent Venables had shaping up for this season. Um, but, you know, that was that was impressive, the way they got that done. And you know what, Texas, I don't think, gets knocked down too much of a peg. You know, it's a loss, but I feel like they're, you know, they were there with a minute left with the lead. Yep. So I think we'd all love to see a rematch and see how that would shake out a second time around. But if you're a Sooner fan or, you know, in his case, a, a legend, uh, yeah, that was a pretty good Saturday. All right, when we come back, a couple of notes, including a comment from Mark Stoops about NIL when he was asked about the loss to Georgia which uh, people go nuts one way or the other. We'll have that. Mac Rhodes in about 12 minutes or so. This is 365 Sports. Cars price right day and night. Average your car in Texas. 
Pizza, burgers, and Bears football. There's no place around Waco that serves them all other than Bubba's 33. Come show your green and gold and enjoy some of Waco's best food and beverages while watching your favorite team, the Bears. When real Bears fans get hungry, Bubba's 33 is the number one spot for ice-cold drinks, hand-stretched, stone-baked pizzas, and bacon-infused burgers. Join us for indoor or patio dining. Bubba's 33, Waco's restaurant and proud supporter of Baylor Bears football. Sick'em, Bears. With so many companies and policies out there, it gets so confusing shopping for insurance, and I never know if I'm getting the policy that's right for me. Luckily, I met the team at the Nitchie Group Insurance Agency. With the Nitchie Group, you can go to one company and get access to coverage options from many insurance carriers, and you get to speak to a real person about your specific coverage needs. With the Nitchie Group, I know I'm getting the right coverage at the right price. If you need insurance, talk to the experts at the Nitchie Group at 1-800-258-8302. At Ideal MRI, we feel blessed to be part of the Waco community. We're a small family business here in Central Texas. At times like this, the cost of health care has never been more important. And unfortunately, significant illnesses and injuries still occur. And that's why Ideal MRI is open and here to serve you through this difficult time. So if you need an MRI, ask your doctor about Ideal MRI. You can schedule online in minutes at IdealMRI.com or call 833-IDEAL-MRI. Waco Regional Tennis and Fitness on Lakeshore Drive is a premier elite life-changing experience where you can change your mind, body, and soul. Waco Regional Tennis and Fitness offers over 40 group exercise classes every week, including boot camp, indoor cycling, bar, silver sneakers, and more. If you haven't been to Waco Regional Tennis and Fitness lately, you're missing out on the improvements. New flooring in the weight room floor and locker rooms, new paint and mirrors added to the weight room and group exercise room, and many new machines have been added and arriving constantly on the weight room floor. New free weights, weight machines, TRX, rowing machines, stationary bikes, new treadmills, new ellipticals on the spacious weight room floor. Personal training with Christy London, Randall Corley, Alex Box, and welcome to Nathan Roach where you will be encouraged and motivated to grow. A kids club included with your membership plus sauna, whirlpool, and tanning bed. 16 tennis courts plus a beautiful stadium court and longtime youth tennis pro Britt Coleman and assistant junior Kenna. Adult tennis lessons and clinics with Blake and the commitment to pickleball with eight courts and instructor Jody Thurman. Visit the website at WacoTennis.com or visit us at Waco Regional Tennis and Fitness next to Hawaiian Falls on Lakeshore Drive in Waco. This is 365 Sports powered by Sikkim365.com Enjoying the show? Hit the like button and subscribe. All right, a little bit of a mini segment here. Appreciate everybody today in the chat room, even those of you who are not saying, hey, would you mind asking or telling me what we should ask with Mac Rhodes coming up around the corner? He'll be our next segment. Kentucky head coach Mark Stoops after getting blown out by Georgia. Fans have the right to complain. I just encourage them to donate more because that's what those dudes are doing. I can promise you, Georgia, they bought some pretty good players 
you're allowed to do that these days. We could use some help. What's the difference in what he said and what Nick Saban said about a year ago with Alabama and A&M? Nothing at all. And look, he's going to have to keep doing that. Like, you're going to have to keep soliciting money for your fans for NIL because that's where the money's going to come from. But I will ask this. Eventually, that money's going to come out of the head coach's pocket. It, it ha- like, to me, it seemingly has to. Because if you've got head coaches making $10 million a year when – if they made eight and two million of that could go into an NIL fund, I think that's going to happen because eventually you, you can only go to your donor so much. So I just wonder, like it's it's it'd be hard for me as an average fan to donate to an NIL collective, even if I was giving like you know five thousand dollars a year, what I could afford to give to this NIL collective because that's the thing I want to donate to uh, at my school. If I was doing that, and I'm looking at a guy who's like, well, he. And this guy's making $8 million. You know, if he sacrificed some of his money into the budget for the players, like, I don't think I'd, I don't think I'd hate that. So I do think that there's going to be a, a reckoning with that. I think that's part of the reason that, so like, there are coaches that hate NIL. They won't say it because they know eventually, you know, school's going to go to him and say, look, he, go to the school and say, look, I need more NIL. Like, yeah, but we're kind of tapped out. And then, well, what if you gave some money to NIL? Well, oh, no, 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 no. I don't want to give any money to it. Like, we're not talking about me here. We're talking about you. And that that's where I think the, the rubber's going to hit the road a little bit. Yeah, I mean, do the coaches' contracts keep going up and the NIL keeps ramping up, or do those kind of, like, hit a plateau and then that money now gets redirected? Yeah, I don't know. Or do both go up in the case of a couple of conferences and then everybody else is left scrambling, figuring out how to do even one, much less both, you know, in this current landscape, that's going to be the, uh, you know, or at least a part of the the many questions in the future of college athletics and college football in particular. Uh, I felt like this was a much ado about nothing uh, really. I mean, I understand why it became a a story, uh, but I don't understand the sort of, I guess any semblance, and I don't know how much there really was. I didn't dig far, far into like dimensions or anything, but I don't know how much backlash she got. I did see a little bit of pushback to it, but this reminds me of, I said this a few months ago, of how bizarre it is that there are certain segments of, I guess, college athletics fans who don't like you to bring up NIL as a reason for their success. And it's like, well, why not? It's the same. It's like, you don't, like, NFL teams don't go, like, don't talk about how we signed that big free agent. Don't mention that. Like, it makes us look bad. Like, it doesn't, it doesn't do anything. It's part of the rules. You can legally do it. It's not a big deal. So if you paid $100,000 for a wide receiver from California, you paid $100,000. Like, this, the, the, the veil and, and the secrecy and all that that still exists, I guess that's just like remnants of the way it's always been. And we're still like realizing, like, you can talk openly about that. Yeah. But the whole, you know, perception by, by some that that's like a, it's like a knock on your team if you mention NIL, I, I think is kind of weird, right? Well, it's, it's very interesting weird. if you, someone mentions that's how you had, you, you have, you brought in some players. But at the same time, the fans who might get a little bit defensive about that are also the ones who are, God, we're doing great with NIL. Right. Yeah. Or it's not what? a knock. It's, no, it's you know, not. It's, it's not. just saying, like, you did more in NIL than other teams did, and you got better players as a result, and you're a better team as a result because you spent more to get better players, and the other teams didn't. And so I don't know if that's part of this is, like, don't credit our success to – or I don't know if it's uh, other fan bases, like a Georgia fan, going, like, don't – we're not just good just because of NIL. Like, I don't know if that's the reaction or what, but, like, even if that's the case, why does that bother you? Yeah, You're look, good, period. It, it doesn't matter. It's all legal. You know what? It also reminds me, like, one time I was 
in my mid twenties, and I was telling a, a a guy like a friend of a friend. I was like, "Hey, I gotta." We we're hanging out. I was like, "Hey, I gotta run. Um, I'll catch you with days later. I gotta get my oil changed." And the guy goes, Psh, "You pay to get your oil changed? What are you, less of a man?" And I'm like, <laughs> "I mean, I mean, they're gonna do it better than I can. It tossed nineteen dollars at this place down the street, yeah. so." I'm good. It's going to take 30 minutes. Like, I'm, I'm great. Like, I, you know, I sit there and I'll, I'll eat a candy bar and drink a Gatorade and I'll, I'll be happy. I'm, I'm not at all, you know, trying to do that. It's just, you know, I don't do that. I'm like, well, you know, change your oil in your own driveway all you want. Yeah, but I mean, I, I'm going to, I'm going to live my life not covered in grease. So that, that sounds like a person with big insecurities in every other area of life. So they've got to dunk on you about how they self oil change or something. But yeah, yeah I, I but don't like, know. Like it's the same thing. Like you know, like oh well, our like we change we your own oil right at this way. school. Yeah. Like okay, well, well, when you go and take you have to fix your car for a real problem. Tell me how that works out. But I think what Mark yeah. Stoop said is. How are you going to beat Georgia? By getting yeah. better players. Yeah. And how are you going to get better players? By NIL fundraising. Yeah. And so I think he was just stating the obvious, really. Mm-hmm. All right. When we come back, Baylor Director of Athletics, Mac Rhodes. Baylor's football team is reeling. The fan base, everybody's pissed off. We'll discuss that with Mac next on 365 Sports. Richard Carr, Buick GMC Cadillac. They are the people that you can count on. For oil changes, maybe you want to get that done. Customer service department, you're not a big, beefy, you know, bad dude that does his own oil changes, or maybe you need repairs, or maybe you're just in the market for a new car, but whatever it is that you're looking for over at Richard Carr, they are the people that you can count on, and they've been that way for over two decades now uh, here in Central Texas, and Right now, a lot of construction out in front of the dealership, and so they're trying to make it worth your while getting on over there, just boosting up you know, the, the value that they already have over the dealership. And so they've got the Buicks, the, the perfect combination of first-class luxury and value like no other SUV. They're ranked number one overall brand for new vehicle quality by J.D. Powers Buick, and they offer amazing value right now as part of their efforts to just get you in a new ride and give you the best deal, but also encourage you to get on over there through the construction. You can save 5000 on a new full-size 2023 Buick Enclave. You can save 4000 on 2023 mid-size Buick Envisions. And if you're military or first responder, you can save an additional $500. Plus, qualified Buick buyers get 1.9% financing and no payments until 2024. So that's just one of their new offerings. You can also save 7000 on new 2023 GMC Sierra 1500s and get special financing there. They've got dozens of Sierras on the lot. So the inventory, the pricing, the financing, all of that is right there for you over at Richard Carr, and they want to get you into a new GMC Sierra today. And again, military and first responders can save an additional $500, but perhaps you're just looking to get into something a little bit uh, worn in already, uh, a used vehicle. They've got plenty of those on the lot, the pre-owns. You can trade for the best as they have a lot full of quality pre-owned cars and trucks in stock, and their financing goal at Richard Carr is always 100% credit approval. They say yes when others say no, but... If you are, as I mentioned at the very beginning, somebody who doesn't do their own oil changes, uh, they've got their customer service department standing by to do things like that or to do some body repair uh, after you get in a car accident or, you know, get a little dent in the side for whatever reason. Uh, They can help you out with those kinds of issues as well. And right now, they also cannot be beat on tires, offering a price match guarantee on the lowest price comparable tires in town. So service your car or truck with the people you can count on. A Richard Carr, the people you can count on for over 25 years in Central Texas for your automotive needs run by Proud Central Texas, Proud Baylor Bears. Log on to richardcar.com today. Call now or go see them now off Highway 6 at the Imperial Exit. 
TFNB Your Bank for Life is the official local bank of Baylor Athletics. Find out why more Central Texans are making TFNB their bank for life. Sign up for our Edge checking and savings accounts to earn interest or cash back. With five convenient locations and an award-winning mobile app, banking has never been easier. TFNB Your Bank for Life. Member FDIC. Nations Brewing Company has 16 different beers on draft with a new beer every Friday. It also offers two air-conditioned tap rooms, a large indoor beer hall, a second-floor mezzanine offering a great overview of the brewing company and equipment and patio where you can relax under the shade. Plus, you can now experience the new Three Nations Beer Garden Grill on our shaded patio. Grab a cold beer and enjoy a bite from our freshly prepared and delicious menu. Street tacos, quesadillas, freshly cooked burgers and dogs, and veggie burgers too. Nachos and so much more all prepared and cooked on site. So come visit the award-winning Three Nations Brewing Company on East Vandergrift off I-35 in Carrollton. Baylor Scott and White Southwest Sports Medicine Orthopedics, the team physicians for Baylor Athletics, diagnosing and treating all sports-related injuries, including concussions. These specialists also provide orthopedic services for athletes and non-athletes alike. Whether it's knee or shoulder pain, a wrist injury, orthopedic spine care, and even an arthritis and total joint clinic. Trust the doctors Baylor Athletics trust. Baylor Scott and White Southwest Sports Medicine Orthopedics wants to get you back in the game. Samantha Duball, Marketing Director for TexasBeefHouse.com. You know all about their great Wagyu beef and product they have. You can go to TexasBeefHouse.com for anything you want to order. But, Samantha, thanks for your time. There's an auction coming up in the month of November. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, so November 11th, we're having our first public beef auction. Um, It's going to be here at our ranch in White House, Texas. It's going to be a live auction. You can bid in person. You can bid on the phone or we'll also have it online. And we're auctioning off Wagyu and Angus beef. We'll have 30 to 40 pound bundles. They'll be full of steaks, hamburger, and primals. This is perfect for not only the restaurant owners, but also homeowners. So if somebody wants to load up your deep freezer with some great, great product from a place that is just delivering all of the time, what Wagyu from their ranch to your plate, TexasBeefHouse.com. With so many companies and policies out there, it gets so confusing shopping for insurance, and I never know if I'm getting the policy that's right for me. Luckily, I met the team at the Niche Group Insurance Agency. With the Niche Group, you can go to one company and get access to coverage options from many insurance carriers, and you get to speak to a real person about your specific coverage needs. With the Niche Group, I know I'm getting the right coverage at the right price. If you need insurance, talk to the experts at the Niche Group at 1-800-258-8302. Welcome back to 365 Sports, powered by Sikkim365.com. Our weekly segment with Baylor Director of Athletics, Mac Rhodes, is brought to you by Edward Jones Investment Brokers, Ben Erlinson, Brad Wilson, Cam Heathcott, and Chuck Verno. Edward Jones, making sense of investing. Baylor Director of Athletics, Mac Rhodes, with Craig and Paul. I'm David Smoke. This is 365 Sports. Mac, thank you, as always, for your time. With the state of the football program the way it is, is one of what you have to at least digest is what you can do to keep the fan base moving forward, supporting the program the way it is? Um, you know, well, well, let me let me start by this. You know, and I, I certainly 
you know, appreciate, appreciate that, that question. And I'm sure you and, and the, and, uh, and the guys have probably several other questions about, about football. Um, let me, let me be really, really clear. Um, no one is okay with Saturday's performance. Um, I was certainly completely disappointed and, um, as, as others, um, and certainly no one's okay with two and four at, at this point, you know, halfway through the season. Um, again, uh, I'm not, um, and I know our fan base isn't, and, uh, and I know that, that, that Dave isn't, our coaches aren't, nor are our student athletes, anybody, anybody tied to the, tied to the program. Um, I think one of the challenges is, is trying to fix problems, you know, in the, in the speed of the season. And, um, you know, this, this bye week, um, will provide, you know, an opportunity. It's a great, it's a great time to, to really take a, a hard look, a look and make, make any, any adjustments. And, you know, quite frankly, we need to make adjustments. Um, we need to make some changes, um, particularly, particularly on the offensive side of the ball, you know, uh, I believe we've got, you know, really good staff. Um, I believe we got really good football minds. Um, they didn't all of a sudden get less smart, um, from, from 2021. Um, and, and nobody's, nobody's working harder than them and nobody's more, more disappointed than, than them. Um, you know, obviously right now we're, we're struggling to run the ball. Um, you know, and our f- offense is built, you know, uh, for the run to set up the pass. And so that's, that's not obviously working well, particularly when we get, get into the red zone and, uh, and we're, we're struggling to, to stop the run. So, um, you know, so there's some, some things really obvious. And then there's some things that, that are underlying that are maybe not so obvious, like some of the, the injuries, the, the impact that they've had on our, on our rotation. And, um, you know, with a, with a, a, a really young group of players, their, their capacity, it's not the, the physical piece, but it's, it's certainly the, the mental piece in terms of, you know, learning and understanding and understanding scheme. So there's a, there's a lot of, a lot of moving pieces. And again, back to our fan base, does it concern me that they're frustrated? Absolutely. Um, they should be frustrated and, uh, and we all should, should be, be frustrated. I think, you know, my job during, during this time is not to be emotional, but, but to really, you know, be constructive and, and factual. Um, certainly, you know, ongoing conversations with coach Aranda. Um, I think those have been very, very constructive. Um, we've had a, a great partnership up to this, this point in time. And, and I believe in him, and I believe in his his ability to fix these 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 problems. Um, and I think you know um, to solve these problems and, and to fix these problems over over time. Um, you know, I I I think about a lot of a lot of different things. Right, um, since we hired Dave, there are seven coaches in the country that have won twelve games in a year, six bowl in a season. He's one of them. There's two others are in this, this, this conference. And so, you know, why do I, why do I bring that up? Um, because the, the margin between winning and losing is, is really, really small. And, you know, unfortunately we're on the wrong side of that. And, uh, 
there's no excuses for that. We gotta we gotta get it fixed, and uh, and we gotta get it fixed, you know, sooner sooner rather than later. So um, we're hard at hard at work with it. I think it's a fair question because of what you mentioned. The offensive side of the ball has obviously struggled. Would you ever intervene in trying to suggest who should be the one who calls the offensive plays? Yeah, I, you know, again, I, I, I appreciate that question. You know, um, I've, I've never, again, just being fully transparent and candid, I, I'd never have in the past, but um, I can – I can assure you that, that Coach Aranda and I have, have spent um, several conversations, minutes, hours, whatever the totality of those conversations have been, talking about our offense and, and talking about how, how it, needs, it, it, it needs change. It, it needs to be tweaked. Um, you know, it, it needs to, you know, um, probably where our personnel is right now, fit our fit our personnel better and so we've we've had those um those very you know honest and and direct and and candid conversations how much of preparing for the future is off the field with things that coach aranda can't control that are outside in the ever-changing world of college athletics that um you guys might need to accelerate, like name, image, and likeness, or all that 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 you guys are, are working on to make sure that the next wave of it is is ready to go. Because it's been a hard space for most schools to figure out. I think that fans of Baylor look at it and go, "Well, we never hear about this. We don't know about this or that." But I would say that most schools are in the same boat of just trying to figure out what's the best way forward for their individual brand and in, in, in school. Yeah, no, it's it's a it's a great question, Paul. And and obviously, you know, when you think about resources, there's there's different categories. There's there's certainly the facility piece, and you know, we've spent a uh, a long time um, in being, I think, really really thoughtful in terms of the the uh, the Fudge Football Development Center, and uh, and I think that's going to be a, a great addition to to the program. Uh, I think. You know, it will help with recruiting. It's not like it used to be, obviously, because name, image, and likeness. But it's still important to recruiting. I think it will it will certainly you know help in terms of player development and uh, and all of those things. So I think that's that's a piece of it. Um, you know, I think name, image, and likeness has has become the most uh, public piece. You know, right now, and um, you know we we haven't been very public with our with our name image and likeness numbers um because quite frankly we've we've never wanted it to be viewed you know uh our student athletes coming to coming to baylor as a as a as a transaction um but you know with that said i think we're we're probably doing better than than what our you know what our fans think in that in that space you know i think that we're certainly in the upper half in the Big 12 in terms of the name, image, and likeness um, monies that are being dispersed, you know, um, through throughout our program, uh, throughout the football program. But but I do think there's, there's room for growth there. And I think it's going to be really, really important when we think about, we, we talk to our donors and we talk to our fans, 
that, you know, investing in name, image, likeness is, is becoming more and more important every, every day we speak when we think about maybe getting, you know, some of the, 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 the higher profile transfers from other, from other institutions. I think you're going to have to do some one-off stuff with, with those student athletes. And then, you know, we've, we've got a, a lot of really great young talent um, that, you know, I think we're being very, very proactive and, and certainly thinking about that, you know, we, we have to retain. And so, you know, that continues to be an on, ongoing conversation, um, you know, with, with name of the likeness, we've got a strategic plan for it. I think we're, we're executing at a, we're executing it at a, at a really, really good level. So, um, but those, those conversations about name, image, and likeness, you know, not only on our campus, I just think throughout, throughout the country. I mean, those are, those are ongoing conversations that are happening each and each and every day. Can you try as frustrated as I know you are and everybody else is, and there's a standard that Baylor athletics has set across the board in many, many ways. And especially with what, they have accomplished through ups and downs in football the last decade. Do you see positives? Is there something, despite what you may think about the or what is fact, the offense is struggling, et cetera? Do you see anything in particular that can be looked at as a positive? Well, I mean, I think we talked about it. I think we we've got some some really really you know good young talent. I think that you know this year we we got into the we got into the portal. Um, you know, I think probably the, the, the mistake that, that we made is not getting into it, uh, enough the year before, because, you know, the way I, I think about it is if we, if we were, were, were more in it, you know, the, the year before, we're probably not having to play as, as many young, young, uh, young players this year. Now, you know, I, I think that will, you know, that will serve well in the future, but man, it makes it really, really hard right, right now. Um, so I, I do think that, um, you know, you think about somebody like a, a Blake Shapen and, and just think about all of the, all of the hardship that he's gone through and, and, and maybe even the way our, our fans have treated him. Um, that, that young man's a warrior and, uh, and the way he's playing and, and performing and, you know, I'm, I'm really, really proud about that. I think we have an opportunity in terms of talent acquisition, um, to do, to do really well, both, both high school and, and the transfer portal. And so we'll, we'll need to do that, you know, in the, in the, in the future, you know, we've talked about it and I get our, our fans aren't, aren't really, really interested in it, but for those that understand team and, and culture and chemistry, uh, our kids have not quit, uh, not even close. And um, I know that, that Coach Aranda has talked to a lot of them post-Saturday, and uh, they're, they're in a really good, good mindset. And, and, and when I say that, nobody's happy with the results. Um, they're up, upset. Um, they're, they're, they're taking ownership on, in it. Um, they're not pointing fingers. Um, and I can tell you, they they still uh, believe unbelievably in in Coach Aranda. There's there's not one one young man on that team that won't run through a brick wall for them right now. 
and uh, and I, I think they they feel that like that about about the staff. And so you know there there are uh, I think a lot of positives. We got six more games to uh, to show improvement, and uh, and that's the expectation. Could the bye week, or well, it's not a bye week because that means you advance, but could the off week come at a better time, or would you rather than get back on the field and play a game this weekend, and then, well, maybe that wouldn't be good right now? Yeah, no. I, quite frankly, I would have, I would have, if I had to pick, you know, I, I would have, I would have liked to have had the bye week right after the Texas game. Okay. Um, it, it gives you, you know, um, in, in our fans and, and, you know, you all know and understand that football, you know, unlike any other sport, um, you can't just fix and tweak things, you know, offensive scheme and, you know, all the, all of the things that, that are tied to it in, in one or two days. It's not like basketball, um, you know, and so it's, it's really hard to do it within the middle of the week, you know, you can do you can do some things, but but um, but you're limited. And so I think, you know, I, I think the off week gives us an opportunity to really think and and be thoughtful about what we do differently in the red zone. You know, you you think about the conversation we would be having right now if we were just more efficient in the red zone. Um, it's not like we haven't gotten to the red zone. We've gotten to the red zone plenty of times. Uh, we just just haven't scored when we got it, and and that's that's unacceptable. I mean, we got to get better, um, and so taking a really really hard look, you know, um, do we think about going tempo more consistently? Um, that that takes there's a lot of moving pieces to that, and so this this off week, um, you know. Is, is something we need to capitalize on, and and uh, and again, you know, if I if I had my choice, I would have would preferred to have it after the after the Texas game. Uh, I've asked you this before when it comes to what Baylor dealt with nearly a decade ago in recruiting, et cetera, and and even when you hire coaches and who they are, and you you've hired some coaches since you arrived in sixteen. Um, is there in any way at all any kind of demand or request from above that Baylor coaches have a certain demeanor and or the image needs to be more important than the win-loss column? Yeah, I, I mean, I, I, I appreciate the question, and, and I think I, I know where you're, where you're headed, and, and I want to make sure that I, I answer it and don't, don't evade it. I, I think, you know, look, Baylor, maybe the best way for me to answer that is, is Baylor has always had a, a standard about the type of people we, we bring into our, our organization. Um, and, and by no stretch does that mean perfect people. Um, I'm, I'm far from that. Um, but they need to be good people. They need to, you know, uh, understand and, 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 and believe in, you know, Christian values and the way you, you treat one another, uh, et cetera. Um, we, you know, can, can those people be, be ornery? Can they have an edge? Absolutely. Um, you know, uh, I've, I've gotten into plenty of people, um, 
Dave Aranda has, you know, our other coaches and staff have. And so, um, you know, we, we look for a, a, a good person, the right fit that, that's going to, you know, put the program before them. Um, that's going to give them, give everything that they have that, that pours into, you know, our, our young people, um, you know, and it's, it's the same way, you know, it's the same way when we bring student athletes into our program. And again, they don't, they don't need to be, be perfect. Where I have gotten frustrated, okay, is, is just with some of our policy where I believe that there has been, and it's been less than a handful, but where there's been a, a, a student athlete or two or three or four that, that have, have um, made a mistake. And in, in my opinion, um, they, they have owned it. They have grown from it. They've learned from it, that they're a really, really good person, that they have got a great heart. And, it's it's hard sometimes to 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 get them onto onto this campus. That that's where my frustration has has been. And you know, I've I haven't been quiet about it. I've 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 let people know, and and we're we're working through those things. And um, you know, and and some of it, absolutely, I get it and understand it one hundred percent. Some of it is because of what we went through, you know, again, 2000, you know, 14, 13, 14, 15, right. 16 before I, I got here. Um, my frustration is I just don't want really, really good people paying for the sins of, of things that, that happened, happened a a while ago. So that's, that's probably the best way I can answer that. In the last few years, you've seen a men's basketball team win a national championship. Um, you have also experienced the women's basketball team winning a national championship, and a lot of the sports have had a great run. Football in 21, their best year ever. You have also been heavily involved in the Big 12 with so much that has gone on since 2021. Was there in any way you were so involved in that that you – not lost your eyesight of what's happening within the athletic department, but has that been any kind of distraction for you? Um, yeah, that is a fair question. And uh, it's something that, you know, I think about a lot. And it's something that I thought about a lot as I was going through that. Um, am I, because I've, I've been involved at the, at the level that I was uh, involved in, you know, with the conference, um, you know, am am I not as involved as I as I should be with 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 uh, with Baylor athletics? And so I think it's a completely fair question. And again, I, I thought about it. That was something that I wrestled with in the moment during the time. It's, it's something I, I still wrestle with, quite quite frankly. Um, I, I think my you know my most honest answer is you know I don't think so. Um, I I work um, a lot of hours and um, I uh, I grind and I, I feel like you know I um, I you know was just made sure that it didn't matter you know how much time it took that that I was going to be able to you know um, 
be attentive of, of both. Um, I, I really feel like this and I still believe this. Um, my, my love for Baylor and, and my desire to, to do good for Baylor um, is, is way beyond the, the, the tenure that I will have here. And, you know, the, the involvement in the conference stuff was about setting up Baylor long-term so that we don't have to continue to always worry about whether or not we're going to be in a Power 5 conference or not. That, that we could have some, some long-term, you know, stability, um, for, for the university. So, you know, that was certainly, you know, a piece of it. And so, you know, that's, that's why, you know, maybe I didn't say, Hey, sorry, I'm not, I'm not going to help. I'm not going to be involved. Um, but you know, I, I, I still found a way to be, you know, very, very engaged, you know, with, within the, within the operation. So, um, you know, my, my, my sleep and my health has probably suffered from it, but, um, and, you know, and, and maybe, you know, there, there have been, uh, some one-offs here and here and there that, that I should have been more, more, you know, more involved in, but, you know, that's, that's something that I'll, I'll continue to, to, to ponder and ask and, and wrestle with. Mac, to the end of Big 12 uh, expansion, uh, there are reports about Gonzaga out and, um, and your mark, uh, Commissioner Yarmark's, um, you know, mission to enhance basketball. Um, how, um, I mean, I know that you can't, you, there's not been a vote or anything like yet, but how long does, is that going to get down the road before there, there would be a decision on that? Yeah, I, I don't know that, I don't know that, you know, I could, I could answer that you know, with, um, with certainty, I, I think there's obviously, as it's been reported, there's conversation. Um, there's a lot going on with the conference right now, you know, um, bringing on, you know, not just four new members, but now eight and all of those pieces. And, um, you know, um, how do we do that? The scheduling and, um, uh, revenue distribution and so there's there's a lot of things that are that are happening and so you know um i don't know that that gonzaga it's it's going to resolve itself here in the next week to two weeks um i think there'll continue to be some conversation and um and and um some more in-depth conversation as we as we think about gonzaga's impact you know, on our conference, you know, both both short-term and, and long-term. Mac, uh, we appreciate your time, and uh, thanks for jumping on. And, and I got to tell you this, 90% of most ADs wouldn't come on as much as you do, and sh- surely not after what happened Saturday night that I'm sure you could have run the other direction and uh, wouldn't have, wouldn't have – uh, would, have, would have understood it, but we appreciate you coming on when you do and also the transparency – of what might be going on and what is going on. We appreciate your time. Well, thank you. We're not, we're not running from it. And, um, we're going to look at right in the eye and we have been, and we, uh, we, uh, we're going to fix it needs to be fixed. So appreciate your time. Mac Rhodes, Baylor director of athletics on three sixty five sports. Uh, you guys, I know Craig, we have off the radar and we're fine. Cause there's no guest in the early five o'clock hour. We're going to get to that, but, 
it sounds like to me that there have been discussions about what in the hell is wrong with the offense and how do we fix it today. Yeah, I mean, he brings up a good point about the efficiency and their inability to get down into the red zone and, and turn that into points and more specifically turn that into touchdowns. I mean, they have shown the ability to move the ball at times, but like even that wasn't happening with regularity last week, you know, and that, w- that was the thing that was most alarming. It's not that you lost to Texas Tech. It's that you lost the way that you lost to Texas Tech. I mean, that was such a gap between those two teams. It just really should never have gotten to that point, no matter what decisions were made. Uh, or, you know, what directions even, you know, they took that you have no bearing on. Um, that was just uh, a one-sided butt-kicking. And it was understandable last year when, you know, Joey's in his first year and they're kind of getting things together. But, you know, Aranda's been around long enough that um, unless that's some, like, once-in-a-lifetime tech team rolling into town, they shouldn't just be beating them like that on their home turf following the big win in Orlando and, and all of the promise – or not promise, but, you know, all of the – the rejuvenation and excitement that came with that. And so, yeah, that was an alarming result on Saturday. And, you know, sometimes people just jump up and get you. Tech deserves all the credit in the world for for their performance. But I do think it was bad enough that you have to go, like, oh, man, like, are we losing people now? Like, are we – like, look at that crowd, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, you saw the crowd at the beginning. That wasn't, a, that wasn't a full crowd by any means, and it certainly wasn't a full stadium by the end of it. I, I just feel like you've got to be very wary of the apathy factor. And, you know, how long can you keep going, well, we just need to work on it, or, hey, it might get better, or this or that. And so to hear him today just, you know, get straight to the point and direct, uh, I think, is – going to be good listening for the fan base i've already seen some people because you know it's reading twitter and it's not hearing somebody say something they're seeing the quote about having the conversation with aranda about the offense going like what like does this happen like yeah 80s talk to their coaches all the time they're just not public about talking about it that's the whole thing he's just so open that i think it catches people off guard but am i surprised by that no because the offense stinks it's boring you know like there's there i think he's absolutely right that you know maybe it's not well-suited for the personnel that they have. You know, if that's the the personnel needing to mature more, that's one thing. But you have what you have, and you got to make what you have work. And what they have isn't working. Very clearly, through six yeah. games, what they have is not working the way that it should be. And if you are Jeff Grimes and you run a wide zone offense and you can't run the football, you've got to figure out something else to do. Because that, the other night, was just run into a wall. Run into a wall. Wall bursts through and sacks your quarterback seventeen times. You know, I mean, it was it was horrible to watch them try to to execute on Saturday. And Tech's not the best defense they're going to face, half faced or will faced. And so, yeah, I, I am not surprised to hear that. I'm just surprised, and I think most people most people are probably surprised. He's just that open and public about it. But I think that's what it calls for because I think that's kind of what you're now forced to do because the fan base is so distraught over what they've seen that anything less than that is going to just continue to to you know fester in my opinion well look he 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 answered the questions we asked he didn't evade anything and it is a tenuous spot because you know you you have to ward off the apathy apathy's way worse than them just being mad about play calling it's when they stop caring about the play calling altogether and just go whatever that's the thing you have to to worry about because you know there's always going to be a mad part of the. They're going to be a mad part of the fan base when you're 11 and one, yeah, because right. they, you know, they miss this about this, or they they see another team that's 12 and 0, and that team does something completely different that makes you them better than you at 11 and one. So you have to sift through the mad a little bit more, like decisively. But apathy is something you cannot like. That is. No, that's deadly. That, it just that, you don't. You know, you, that takes forever. And, uh, Kim Coulter super chat. Massive respect for him always having 
the courage to come on the show every week, no matter the results the week before. And as much as somebody's, yeah, thank you, Kim. Appreciate you as always. And as much as some jaws may drop hearing that or reading that or whatever, I think the fan base feels better than they did five minutes ago, having heard that. Hopefully. Well, those, there are some that no matter well, what you yeah. tell them, you can send but, them $100,000 I mean, in that. No, I get it. I'm not speaking it. to those people because oh, yeah. you're right. They'll yeah. never be happy. Um, so I'm speaking to those who can actually be open-minded about it. And I do think you feel better. Like that you at least know that they're not just, like, coasting on along and, yeah, we get it, you're mad, but still, like, no. Like, he realizes the offense is not good. Like, and to the point of it's especially not good in the red zone or this or, or that or whatever. Um, so, yeah, I, I think that, you know, like you said, a lot of ADs would not jump on here and have that open of a conversation, but we do have that kind of a, a deal with him that's pretty cool, and, and I'm glad that we had him on and glad that he was – uh you know, comfortable enough to just voice his, his concerns and, and where he's coming from on all those topics. I'm going to tell you up front, he will not be a part of next week. They don't play this weekend, but it's, probably, it's something that I was told even a couple of weeks ago that the week after the bye or off week, he was not available. He has business trips to deal with. And by the way, might even have a life. From Fernando, I want to answer your question. According to the Baylor AD, he believes Baylor is investing at a similar rate amount as the upper tier of the Big 12. That reported 2024 Recruitment ranking says something much different. Let's explain Baylor and NIL. They did not embrace it. They tried to do it a certain way that they felt like was uh, vanilla. Uh, I know for a fact I've talked to somebody that handles a lot of what they now do with the NIL. They are playing catch-up, and that has also affected recruiting. It's also cost them a couple of commits even on the eve of National Signing Day. Uh, They're trying to make up for lost ground. Sometimes that's not easy But I do know that they have an NIL that is very efficient. It's just late. And because of that, you might lose a couple of two or three recruiting classes, and that's also kind of poisonous. So they also have not, like, raised their hand and said, hey, you know, they don't have that. They have millionaires. They have a lot of them. But they're not out there promoting it as much on social media for whatever reason. And that's about the change, I think, too. So I wanted to answer Fernando, but that also has affected. Plus, by the way, two and four has affected the 2024 class when it comes to National Signing Day in December. So I was just saying that I think that this hopefully makes some people feel better, but I know it's not going to make everybody feel better. And somebody uh, just texted me. I, I won't say their name. Just I don't know if it's a big deal or not. It's not okay. a big deal, but I just won't just just in case they didn't want it. But I don't feel better because scapegoating grinds. Grimes just seems like rearranging deck chairs on the Titanic. Fair. Yeah. Uh, uh, not sure what's happening when it comes to who's playing. The, the coordinator position is Jeff Grimes. Jeff Grimes, when a video came out after the UCF comeback and he was fired up and he was also very much testing the manhood of the players he was talking to in the locker room, was thought, uh, uh, my God, there's the energy. And then the next week, of course, the offense was in, was no good. And well, now... Somebody, hey, there are these guys make good money. They're all really good people, but there are some that are going to be the ones that take most of the bullets and darts. Yeah, and look, uh, Grimes is certainly like the offensive system and the coordinator is certainly something that has to be addressed. Mm-hmm. But that's also Dave Aranda has to have that realization, right? Like so, you know. Uh, and sometimes I do think that you're in it a little bit, and. You know, I'm watching him when was asked about the offensive line. Like, I've seen the offensive line do this. Well, you have not seen them do it in games, and you've not seen them do it recently. So, you've seen them do it. Like, you maybe need to have less faith in that in your head. Because coaches get in it. And I think that, 
If you talk to almost any coach, and I've learned a lot of this from Phil Bennett, like talking to Phil Bennett and like hearing his stories now, as opposed to when I talked to him mm-hmm. when it was going on, like distance gives you perspective. And then, you know, he was, I remember asking him one time, like you guys seem to have like a 14 player rotation at most on defense and you're getting gassed. And he was just like, I can't trust the guys. I can't trust these guys. You know, they got to get better. They got to get better. And then, you know, a year later, he was like, yeah, I probably need to run some more defensive backs there because we're getting gassed, even if it's just for a couple plays. And it was just because you're in the moment of it, you can't see it. No. And that's where this bye week needs to be advantageous for Baylor in that you're not in it right now. You don't like they should not spend one second on Cincinnati this week. No, I full no, hold in, like, in fact, that's what he said. Like, they yeah. should like, uh, yeah, I believe like don't spend one second in Cincinnati, spend it on everything else and then worry about Cincinnati on Monday. Katie Raider, super chat, great segment guys. Thank you very much. I also, um, uh, there was one really good comment. I didn't get to it. Um, but if you listened, Mac Rhodes also made it clear that there is a frustration on his part because of some of what is either the protocol or how people have been recruited and yet not been cleared. That doesn't mean you want to take a guy whose grades are too low or somebody that has some really bad stuff in his background. I think Max saying that was something I'd never heard him say before, that players, person, kids player, uh, that had struggled in some way, and yet it's still something they can't get them cleared to come play, whatever sport it might be. And he said they're trying to work through that. I think that's an important part that may have been overlooked because – of so much on offense and football. Well, I mean, it makes you wonder about a Johnny Carter and guys like that that Absolutely. were supposed to be here and suddenly aren't, and that you were banking on them, and then all of a sudden, it's like, luckily for them, defensive back hasn't been the issue. That's been like the big surprise has been defensive back. Um, so you really didn't miss there, but you were expecting to have him. So how good could they have been also having him in the in the lineup potentially? But yeah, what others do we not know about that weren't able to make it in because you know somebody's got a an issue with an issue of theirs or, or something when you should be maybe looking at a second chance or just being open. I don't, I don't know. I, I mean, it all gets very I, um, detailed and we don't have details exactly, but yeah, there, there's clearly an, a sentiment where they're a little bit too stringent, maybe on upholding the, I, I, the, well, and I think what he was getting at was from the day our brows got fired. Yeah, there has been mm-hmm. Baylor could not take chances on kids on anybody on anybody. Yep. They had to, and that's one of the reasons Matt Rule came in here and was kind of like, okay, I not only need to find good football players, but I got to find class presidents. I got to right, find, yeah. I got to find the the key club kids. I got to find those guys, and then not at like it. it I think that what Mac is saying is like there's a there's a a, a large area of players that can be the key club kid if they had not made this mistake and that yeah. he he would like to see them get into athletics taking a deep breath and and just but letting if Dave Aranda thinks somebody is taking it worth taking into his program I think that probably says quite a bit enough somebody mentioned is the NIL a problem with Baylor because of their Christian values hell no Hell no. to the no has nothing to do with that. They started late. They tried to do it a certain way. It was late. They're paying the price for it, but they're now pretty much all in. But I, I think the, the big thing, too, is they're just not a big school, guys. Like, they're, you know, they're, they're not a big school. They don't have 100,000 living alumni, and they never, ever will. Um, so they have big bucks donors, um, and they've got several of those, but 
it's just a matter of like they don't have 50 of them compared to an A&M or you know maybe some other institutions um, so it's just a little bit more unique in that regard being a smaller private school they're they I don't think they're ever hurting for money but I do think when you add in NIL and all of a sudden you're talking about millions of extra dollars that's harder for a smaller school to deal with than a bigger school when you can go send out the email to 50,000 people and say hey if each of you give a hundred bucks for NIL Whereas he's sending out to like fifteen thousand people, you know, well, and like, so there's there's a bit oh, of the issue. Oh yeah, Ohio State Ohio State can send out an email blast or like they can have an event in Columbus, you know, where you know, there's all these people there because again, they have the second largest, you know, alumni ba- like the U UCF is gonna be fine with this yep. because they'll be able to do the same thing, like, hey, I give two hundred and fifty dollars a year to the NIL fund. And if 10,000 of them send it, then shoot, look what they've got right there, you know? Yeah, I think, too, that the supporters they do have, NIL is not going to be an issue if they just give the NIL people a reason to believe in what they're spending on. You know what I mean? But when you're like, hey, just trust us, this bland showing every, like, we just need this one guy just pony up a couple million. It's like, if you were scoring 40 points a game and you say you need that five-star wide receiver, you're probably... With a you know a fun offense, way more open to opening the checkbook, you know, and, and delivering on that. But I think when you have some boosters who are probably disenchanted with the direction or the style or whatever, sure. you know, they're not as open to the idea of like is Scott Drew hurting for NIL money? Nope. No, he's got it just fine because of what they're you doing. You don't get Keontae George right. and Jacoby Walter. Right. They're doing just fine. Right, right. But you also as a coach need to work on that too. Yes. But without he also, being like in a certain way involved. He needs NIL for eight guys. Yeah, yeah. Oh, no, like yeah, you're guys. absolutely right. For about and, two a year, yeah. and then I, the rest of yeah. them. Yeah. But, I mean, like, you know, he's got a budget of here's eight guys that I've got right. to get in that have to have some some legit NIL, and the other four or five guys I have in the roster will get them something too, but th- they know who they, they they know what they're worth. Like, they, they understand. All right. Uh, and then football has to get 85. Like, that is Well, that's here's different. another thing, and, and I saw somebody bring this up. Me, I don't know where I saw this. They are now in a position like Texas Tech has done and announced that everybody who's on scholarship, and even at Tech, there's scholarship, non-scholarship players, walk-ons who are getting that. Baylor is now in a position where that's happening to the scholarship players in football, and I don't know about the other sports, I don't. But you still need, on top of that, you're going to need a few extra hundreds of thousands of dollars to perhaps bring in the difference makers. Uh, and, and that's kind of a, let's get the scholarship players taken care of and then if you need a banger like for example austin novasad ended up at oregon and there was a there was money involved and he made the decision because oregon was cool too that's fine but they need some of that take care of the 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 base but also you need and hey everyone's doing it so why not you learn how to do it too in finding the alphas and if that means nil money then that's what you need to get all right Appreciate everybody, lots of you that, that came in, uh, and, and appreciate the comments in the chat room from everybody across the board. Well, and he also touched on Gonzaga and said what not – he said he, um, he no doesn't know pre- that yeah. it will resolve itself in a couple of weeks. But uh, he did acknowledge the conversations continuing on as they think about Gonzaga's impact both short-term and long-term. So um, he could have dodged that too. But, yeah, I mean, I think it's it's no secret that – Obviously, after yesterday, that there's some conversations going on. So, yeah, he just confirmed that for, for those Gonzaga fans or those, those who want to see Gonzaga moving forward. Um, doesn't sound like it'll be a short-term 
anything announced imminently here in the next couple of weeks, but you know that is something that's very much in the in the the mix right now. All right. Uh, the other final thing that was in the chat room that I want to get to was the Dave Aranda winning with Matt Rule's players in 2021. I understand that question. But I also know that when he was winning in 2021 with a lot of Matt Rule's players, and there were a lot on the team, that I saw a lot of people who were happy saying that he helped them get to a different level. So make up your mind, and fair topic and question, but you changed your mind from what was a year or two ago. If, in fact, you did that, then you are, you're, you're, not, you're not being fair to the process of what was going on in 21 and where they are now. And at one point in time, Matt Rule was winning with Art Browse players, That's right? That's exactly right. And, <laughs> so. oh, by the way, is Brent Venables winning with some of Lincoln Riley's players? Okay, he took them all. Yeah. So maybe that's not the but case. No, well, that, that, uh, there's the point. It's different now. Yeah. So in the, the one thing I will, I will say that is not Dave Aranda's fault completely when it comes to building the roster, the rules have changed in the last two years so completely. You're right. That, you know, you, it, it would be easy to get caught a little bit flat-footed or to go, okay, well, this transfer portal is nice. We'll get three guys because we need that. And you didn't really wrap your arms around it because you didn't know. And then now you're like, Oh, okay. This is what we have to do because the rules have changed from 2021 when they won that title to now in 2021 guys still had to sit a year. Like Baylor won the national championship in basketball with a bunch of vets who all had to sit a year and like all that. And then football was the same way. And then in 2022, then they didn't have to sit a year anymore, and everything changed. So, you know, like, I think that the realities of that have affected Baylor, particularly in a way because they were not ready for that change or didn't lean into it like so many others have, and it, you've seen immediate success. But also, shopping at the Transfer Portal store is not a guaranteed win. No, it's not. And uh, to take away Baylor's record of 12-2 and two away from Dave Aranda and say he's 10-18 and 18 overall – that you no, can't. That's it, not how it, it works. That's not, man. How, it works, that's not man. how it works. You can't no. do it that way. But we have brought this up, and it's fair that if in fact things don't turn around the next six games, it's going to be three losing seasons uh, in the first four, and the progress has been lost. That is absolutely fair. But you don't just, you don't take away twelve and two. Yeah, no. That is completely uh, that. That's not very intelligent. No, no, I mean it's just it's just not. It's just not correct. I mean, he, he was the head coach for those games. I don't care what little asterisk you want to attempt to put on it. That is no, he went twelve and two. I don't. He won a Big Twelve title as the head coach. So no, I think that that I think there's plenty of ammunition. You don't have to try and take success away from him to amplify the misses. I feel like give him his credit where credit is due. Um, and you know, then there's a whole other heap of things that you can can be upset about but yeah you don't you don't get to just wipe 12 and 2 off the record because that's not that's not painting the full picture telling the whole story so yeah I'll, I'll disagree with that there all right we always have somebody who jumps in who doesn't like the big 12 or doesn't like our show and everyone wants me to block him and we will uh that's fine we, what i've learned because i was told to learn just ignore him and move on this is 365 sports and we will get to craig and off the radar Texas Beef House. They're the title sponsor of our weekly contest, which is the Pick'em of college football games. Thanks to Christian McCollum, we put that up, and we'll put the link up again. And if you haven't seen it for this week, you can actually 
Go to the link, keep it, save it, and then maybe every Monday, Tuesday, or Wednesday, remind yourself, hey, I got to go in there and make your college football picks because the winner gets a $100 gift card from TexasBeefHouse.com, and uh, it's really good. It's aged Wagyu beef. It's not just Wagyu beef, and that's fine enough as it is. It is aged Wagyu beef. The Duvall family just outside of Tyler in White House, Texas, do what they do, and they do it very well. You could also go online to TexasBeefHouse.com with more information on an auction. They are having an, uh, their, their product auctioned. And so if you're a local restaurant or a restaurant anywhere and you're trying to compile and accumulate the best when it comes to beef or product, they're having an auction in November and there's an opportunity for you to be there live or you could even do it online. Texas Beef House focuses their resources on developing the best in Wagyu genetics, which produces the highest quality of beef. Their family has spent the last couple of decades improving the quality of their beef and their herd, and it's working. Many of you in the chat room, many others who listen or watch this show have ordered their product, and you know how good it is. It is spectacular. We appreciate the Duvall family, Will Denton among others, for what they do and also allowing us to promote what they do. I even had a national company, a national broadcast company, reach out to me last week and ask me if I could get them in touch with TexasBeefHouse.com because they think it's a great fit for the audience they're trying to reach. I'm sure it is. If you like steak, you like brisket, you like beef, you like sausage, they can do that for you. TexasBeefHouse.com. From the first workout to the last practice, sports is an incredible and rewarding challenge. Hi, this is Dan Ingham with the First National Bank of Central Texas, and we're proud to support each athlete, every parent, and our educators. From families, small businesses, to the biggest industry, we're here to help. With remarkable products like our free First Mobile app, we've got banking ideas that fuel big dreams. That's the First National Bank of Central Texas. Familiar faces making local decisions. Member FDIC, equal housing lender. Petty Clinic Men's Healthcare in Woodway is now proud to offer you men an exceptional weight management body sculpting product called semaglutide, also known as Ozempic or Wegovy. Semaglutide is an FDA-approved weight management medication. Once-a-week injections of this powerful medication offers an average body fat weight loss of 20% within the first year of treatment. In addition to body sculpting, semaglutide also normalizes blood sugars and has the clinical research proof of reducing blood pressure, cholesterol, stroke, and heart attack risk. If you're like most men and you have stubborn fat that will just not respond to typical diets and exercise, then help us finally here. Semaglutide, affordable, highly effective. Google search Petty Clinic Waco and reach out to the Petty Clinic team today for a free consultation with Dr. Petty to see if semaglutide is right for you. Go to PettyClinicLowT.com. Shorty's Pizza Shack at 12th and Bagney is a homegrown, locally owned pizza place that's out of this world. Everything from the dough, the sauce, the sausage topping is made fresh in-house. Not to mention the amazing pizza pillows, the chicken wings are to die for. Try the Sikkim sauce, chili cheese fries or tots, plus great specials on food and drink every single day. Shorty's is also the perfect spot to watch the game with your friends. Shorty's Pizza Shack at 12th and Bagby. Tell them Paul sent you by. 
Ideal MRI, we feel blessed to be a part of the Waco community. We're a small family business right here in Central Texas, and our goal is to bring down the cost of health care while maintaining high quality. At times like this, the cost of health care has never been more important, and unfortunately, significant illnesses and injuries still occur. That's why Ideal MRI is open and here to serve you through the difficult time. We offer premium MRIs just like a hospital with state-of-the-art technology and specialists, but you'll pay less. Sometimes thousands of dollars less, whether you're using insurance or not. At Ideal MRI, we accept most insurance and there are no hidden costs. Even offering financing if that's needed, everything included in the price, and you'll not get something as a surprise in the mail later on. If you need an MRI, ask your doctor about Ideal MRI. They'll know. You can schedule an appointment safely from home online in minutes at IdealMRI.com or give us a call, 833-IDEAL-MRI, IdealMRI. This is Craig Smokes Off the Radar, presented by Alliance Bank. They take pride in making banking easy, AllianceBankTexas.com. All right, welcome into Off the Radar here on 365 Sports, taking a look at just a grab bag of uh, headline stories going on around the sports world as we do each Tuesday and Thursday at around 445. And obviously with the macro conversation, got a little bit of a late start there, but can tell that that's going to be a hot topic that continues on, I think, on social media and certainly on the website, Sikkim365.com, and even on our chat room and everything else because that was uh, pretty enlightening stuff there from Macros. And I'm going to tell you guys right now, there is a mixed bag of reactions. Like, you know, some of it is good, need to say that, and then some of it's like, I can't believe he's calling out his OC like that and um, can't believe he's micromanaging. I don't think he's micromanaging. I, I think that he's just an AD that's obviously involved in what's going on and wants to know where I, things are. But he's not. It's not like he's calling the plays all of a sudden or you know anything nuts like that. Um, I think he's just putting his foot down and letting it be known that like what we're seeing is unacceptable and it's just not going to be able to fly for much longer. He can't do anything right right now. Right. I, I get it. I you that's know. It, yeah. And here's another thing. Those who are saying he should not call it as offensive coordinator or should he be getting involved with the same ones bitching about the offensive coordinator in the offense. And believe right. me, he we didn't get into the defense. Yes, they have their problems too. Yeah, I think I, I responded to somebody said, it's just not the glaring issue coming out of Saturday night. Like your defense played well enough to win that game if your offense contributes a little bit or at least be close in that game, yeah. um, especially early on. But regardless – uh, let everybody debate on on what they heard or, or read or whatever. Uh, it is a Tuesday, and so that means a, a little glance at the college football TV ratings from this past weekend. And guess who? We had some a couple big bangers, but uh, who do you think was the top, uh, I guess, eyeball getter from the, the big games this weekend? You had Notre Dame and Louisville. You had Kentucky, Georgia, Bama, A&M, OU, Texas. Uh, you had... You know, uh, I would have thought that Bama A and M, but with OU and Texas both being undefeated and Texas being as highly ranked as they are, that one got off to an early start in that game. It was an eleven o'clock kick, and everybody's juiced up early. Yes, and you would be correct. Oklahoma Texas was the top watched game in the country uh, last weekend. Seven point eight seven million viewers on ABC and ESPN two. The top earner, not by a, a grand margin though, as we'll get to in just a second. Uh, but seven point eight seven million. That included ABC. That included the uh, Mac, uh, Pat McAfee simulcast uh, over on ESPN two. But largest audience for Red River since two thousand and. 
nine. And there was one game between these two that was a bit higher, but it doesn't count as far as the regular season tally because it was the Big 12 championship rematch that they had uh, back in 2018. That actually drew 10-plus million viewers, so that was higher. But regular season-wise for Red River, highest since 2009 and 7.87 million viewers uh, for that game. It's up about 4 million from last year. Why do you think that is? Well, because that was a blowout win and, most people got bored and turned the channel as Texas went on to romp them uh, 40 to nothing. So big bounce back in the ratings there, uh, but not too far behind. Over on CBS, that 330 kick, Alabama, Texas A&M, about 500,000 less viewers, 7.23 million watched Alabama and A&M. Notre Dame, Louisville, third, 5.12 million viewers. Maryland, Ohio State drew 4.5 million viewers. And then rounding out the top five, you had Kentucky and Georgia with 3.19 million viewers. And, man, how do you feel? And you already feel pretty bulletproof as is, but if you're Greg Sankey and you were sitting there surveying the lands of Oklahoma and Texas on Saturday and the scene that that was, and then you turn around and you had Alabama A&M going on at the same time, and then not to mention Kentucky, Georgia right there amongst other games. Um, man, well, and, I'm sure he was just ear-to-ear smiling all Saturday long and, and still probably to this day. Ross Dellinger from, uh, again, with what he does at Yahoo, actually yep. wrote a story about it, penned it his top of his uh, Twitter feed, a day with the SEC king, 200,000 fans, 500 miles, plenty of cowboy hats, five funnel cakes, three cities, two top 25 games, and one born-again Texan. Uh, on Greg Sankey on the weekend he had in the state of Texas. Yeah, Greg Sankey said a couple things in that, that, like, he has those moments where he sounds like the emperor. Oh, yeah. Like, it's like... He kisses ring? Yeah, just a little bit, you know, good, good. Your anger makes me stronger. You know, like, right. those yeah. kind of things. Like, And then he, he says things that are really, you know, reasonable, but, like, that's, that's kind of how I view him a little bit, is he has these moments where he slips into, like, so... What, what are you going to do about it? Mm-hmm. Um, and I, yeah, he's got to be just so fat and happy because, look, he got the, one of the best, when it's all about television, he got one of the best television shows you can get is Texas, oh, yeah. Oklahoma. And he just got say, Game of Thrones at its peak, basically. Exactly. He yeah. got Texas and Oklahoma, and they had the, the decency to be good at the same time for him. Right, yeah. Like, that, and... Again, the Big 12 should be even more mad about Texas and Oklahoma like not pulling their weight a little bit in that, hey, this is the crown jewel of the thing. If you guys could both be good at the same time. Yeah, because so they not... have done this like eight of the last ten years yeah. instead of it, like they did the one. But that, that, Yeah, I mean, that, if both of them, you way. know, yeah, not, you know, but ha- would it have been different if Oklahoma had won one of those national title opportunities? Yes. Or if Texas had won in 09? Or if, they, yes. You know, I, I just wonder what the landscape would, would be. Um, you know, if that were to have happened, but yeah, it's not, it's not their fault. Not saying that, but you know, would that have changed things or was this always destined to be, I mean, who really knows, but yeah, Greg Sankey's got to be fat and happy. And I uh, saw that headline, didn't get to read the full article, but I guess that's delving into my very question, but I, I have no doubt he looked like the Cheshire cat with, uh, 15 plus million viewers for the top two games on Saturday and all four of those teams. And those, those two games will be a part of his conference starting next year. So there you, it almost seems like that should be a weekend, right? Like, OU Texas, Bama, A&M, 
and have it set up like that. I don't know. Maybe (coughs) that's something they look into. Uh, But Kentucky-Georgia also did very well. Um, You had a couple games, Michigan-Minnesota, Virginia Tech-FSU also pulled in three-plus million. And um, K-State-Oklahoma State on Friday night, 2.27 million. So a pretty healthy number. Yeah, Yeah. pretty healthy number there for that ESPN Friday night game, which we know is going to be more of the norm Mm -hmm. uh, moving forward for the Big 12 Conference. Uh, UCF-Kansas was nearly at a million and a half as well. And, uh, and so there you go. There's just a few of those games that got a million or more. I uh, didn't mention all of them, but some of the Big 12, and obviously at the top, the SEC, with two monstrous games uh, with uh, those two rivalries there. Meanwhile, in, uh, I guess, no, actually, I take this back. Uh, we are talking about NIL so heavy, and it, uh, it brought me to this quote, and it was just funny timing that I was looking through my timeline at the, at the point in time we were talking about NIL, but you guys know that, uh, Washington's hired Tulane athletic director, mm-hmm. Troy Dannon. And I just wanted to pass along this quote. It was, I guess, from his, his press conference. A lot of people are scared to death of NIL. Boy, we better embrace it and go. And so yeah. that was his message very simply yep. on NIL. And I think that that's what every athletic director is pretty much echoing these days um, is it's he, the same thing. You may not like it, but you better learn to love it. He Yes. He also said he prefers seven home games, which means that the Apple Cup would be in serious jeopardy mm-hmm. because that means you only have one. And I thank Softy for tweeting this out to kind of further explain it to, I'm sure the thousands of people who were coming at him about, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> about that today. Uh, but that means you only have one game for a non-conference road trip with the with new big 10 and how many games they are going to have. So that would mean that, Washington State either has to be that game every year, and that means you can't go and play Clemson, or you can't go and play, um, you know, Texas Tech. You can't play anybody like that all the time because you'd have to save that game for Wazoo. So, you know, we'll see. I hope they keep it, but, I, you know, I doubt they will because – What's been kept? Yeah, I mean, we took a break from A&M in Texas there for a little while. You know, you're about to have a break in Bedlam as well. And, you know, there will be others out there that that are fractured um, and can be repaired, but maybe go to the wayside for a little while. But, I mean, that in Civil War too, right? I mean, Oregon Oregon State would be the same thing, right, Paul, that you're basically saying yeah. they'd have to figure out the same thing. So, yeah, Apple Cup, Civil War, um, some things to be figured out there. Obviously, a lot of questions going on, which is how schedules and all of that stuff is – going to uh, ultimately work. Uh, I wanted to pass this along. Arch Manning, we don't talk a lot of NIL, but I thought that this was uh, you know, really obviously cool. notable. Um, but he's uh, he's been a man that has not seen the field, and yet he's just you know Mr. NIL in so many ways. And he got a deal with Panini Cards, and uh, it was an NIL deal. He had autographed uh, some cards as a part of this. They were going for big-time money. And he had uh, signed a deal with them. I guess it was back in the summer, had a signature card and, and all of that. And there's a big hubbub about it. Um, but the reason why I'm bringing it up is because he's announced that he is donating all of the proceeds from that exclusive Panini card to the Ronald McDonald House Charities of Central Texas. And uh, the card, I guess, sold ultimately for $102,500. Uh, $102, so uh, I guess the the... Uh, total that came back from that he is donating to Ronald McDonald Central Texas charity and uh, that's a good deal and that's where NIL can go a long way is with things like that so I think that that's just a 
Really cool gesture. It was his first deal, an exclusive partnership with Panini, and so it will go on to benefit uh, a nonprofit, but it's, uh, it's one that will continue on. They're going to create trading cards. They will have exclusive autographs, um, and that one that I guess went was the one-of-one one prism black autographed card uh, that went for that total, so that's the one that will be uh, going, but you can still get Arch Manning cards. It's just that that exclusive one is uh, what led to that big donation, so uh, very cool that uh, he's going to be giving back to charity there, so Arch Manning, still looking forward to when we actually see him, although it's no, nowhere in the cards right now this season, yeah. especially now with Malik Murphy also still there, but uh, doing some good work and um, still making a lot of money and getting a lot of attention despite not having suited up just it, yet. Yeah, and uh, I remember when uh, he got recruited to Texas, like, oh, they NIL'd him to death, and I'm like, ah, if you're Arch Manning, you can legitimately go where you want to go, and NIL's going to follow you because you're going to have deals that have nothing to do with the fact that you're at Texas. It just has to do with the fact that your last name is Manning. Uh, and so, which this, like, the Panini card clearly was about Manning. It had nothing to, like, he could have been Arch Manning at, at Jack State. I mean, yeah. they'd have been like, yeah, let's Let's, let's capitalize on the Mannings who you see every, like I see Peyton and Eli Manning and Travis Kelsey more than anyone. Like, I think I see them more than I see my wife. Like they're on television all the time. They're always there. So, you know, like they're going to capitalize on the Manning thing, whoever it is, whatever company doesn't matter where he is. And I do think it's awesome that he is also acknowledging that he comes from from privilege and money and giving back, uh, especially since he hasn't done anything yet. Like it's, it, I think it speaks volumes about the Manning family yeah, that course. they also realize this and they're not in just this constant money grab. He's yeah. a young man that seems to get it. He he's a good it, yeah. young kid. Uh, and uh, I, I like what he's done because uh, he, he could, he could, he could be different, but he seems to be just uh, as, as uh, cool as it can possibly I, be. I will also say on the other side of that, I'm also not mad at Deion Sanders getting as much money he, as he can for his kids mm-hmm. and capitalizing on that because I do think it's, it's, you do what you want to do. I don't think it's one or the other, but I do think it's a cool thing, you know, that they're doing. Like, yeah. look, he shouldn't. And Dion sending a message not just through should like Shadur and Shiloh when they get these deals. No, is, he's not. Look, uh, but hey, go get what you're worth when you're worth it, right? Like that's the message I think you got to send to the players too. Like, don't well, yeah, especially yeah. in this world where for so long, like that's those that was those guys' opportunity to make money and they couldn't make money. Mm-hmm. So now that you have the opportunity, yeah, there's a lot of guys in Colorado's team that aren't going to make money past be, you know being at Colorado. So mm-hmm. get what you can while you can and uh, save it up and and be smart with it. I think is a good lesson. If that's what he's passing on and others are, then I think that that's great for these young people to get uh, started off on a on a good note financially. But yeah. The uh, Panini America 101 throwback prism black autographed card, one of one, $102,000, $102,500, all of it going to uh, support St. David's Healthcare and St. David's Foundation in Austin. But to your point about Dion, uh, he did bring up <laughs> that he wants Shador to capitalize and get a watch deal uh, based on his you know celebrations and things. And so we'll see. I'm sure something will come of that pretty uh, quickly. Meanwhile... In uh, Major League Baseball, just ended the sixth inning as the American League Divisional Series. Uh, Game three goes on between the Astros and Twins, and it's up in Minnesota right now. Uh, The Astros leading that game 6-1 to as they get ready to start the seventh inning. So, Stroh's up big. The series is tied at one apiece. So, nothing ending tonight, but the Astros can take a lead if they can hold on to their lead for three more innings uh, up in the Twin Cities. Meanwhile, later on tonight, just after 7 o'clock, first pitch for 
ALDS on the opposite side of the bracket. Game number three. This one can end tonight. Uh, if the is it yeah is it best of five or best of seven, Paul? Best of five. five. Right best now. of five. Yeah. Okay. Just making sure. So they can end it tonight with a win. Uh, Texas up two games to nothing uh, over the number one seed, Baltimore Orioles, in this game in Arlington after they took the first two uh, up in B-more. So what are your guys' thoughts on what you've seen from the Rangers to this point? We're all Rangers fans or Paul well, sort yeah, of kind of. Yeah, you are. You are. You're just more of a Red Sox fan, but yeah. we're, we're Rangers fans. So your thoughts on what you've seen and what you expect tonight? I think that their lineup is fantastic. Josh Young is that dude. He is that guy. Uh, he's gonna he like he Corey Seager, Marcus Simeon, uh, Evan Carter, uh, who's the kid Wyatt Langford Cup that'll probably be yeah. up there by the All Star break next year, if not before. Like they, they've got a good young core of players. Um, their position players are are young and veteran mix, but mostly young. Their pitching staff's a little bit older, but if they can get all that together at once, this could be a couple year run where they could control that division. I think a little bit. Um, I, I think the Astros are still really good, and they're not really going anywhere but they're not what they were a couple years ago obviously um because that team was so ridiculously deep i uh i think it's going to be i think it's going to be interesting to see nathan evaldi he's uh, great in the playoffs he's always been really good in the playoffs Mm -hmm. he was great against tampa bay last week so he starts tonight and uh, i'm enjoying the fact that they are getting fired up by creed I think yeah. that's kind of a hilarious thing to, hey, we're in a slump. We're not doing well. Let's relax. Let's listen to a stupid band from the early aughts and uh, have a good time. Come on now. No, yeah, I know it's that that's a punchline. It's not a, a stupid band. Line. I enjoyed one or if two of If it gets them a World Series, I'll go yeah. buy all the Creed tickets. If yeah, it gets them to yeah. a World I'll Series, listen, I'll listen to one. your buddy uh, uh, Rascal Flatch if they get to the World <laughs> yeah, Series I and win it. I, I say that as a guy who paid to see Creed because they were from Tallahassee when I was in college, like $30. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. There well, you go. That's uh, coming up later on tonight. And uh, also, uh, NHL opening night. Uh, stars not in action, Garrett, but uh, I do have the NHL uh, three-game start to the season actually underway now. Nashville and Tampa Bay uh, just uh, just got underway. You also have the Blackhawks at the Penguins later on tonight, and then the um, Seattle Kraken at the Vegas Golden Knights, uh, the defending Stanley Cup champion Vegas. Uh, that'll be tonight at around 8.30. All these games on ESPN, so they're going to have a triple header going on in uh, ESPN Plus as well. But, yeah, a trio of games to kickstart the NHL season as that now is off and running, and uh, there's a few things off the radar. Thank you, Craig. It is, uh, it is interesting watching some of the reactions to – uh, our segment with Mac and some of our discussions. Great stuff with Off the Radar. John McClain around the corner. What I really sometimes don't understand is when people react to something that's an interview that can be heard and give a reaction to it or an opinion without ever listening to the interview. That's the part that kind of drives me a little bit nuts. It's, it's, uh, it's worth the listen, whether you agree with it or not. Coming up, Hall of Fame columnist John McClain. This is 365 Sports. Marco's Pizza. Pizza lovers get it. Five locations in the Waco area. There used to be none, but that's one of the reasons. The five here and the five there or ten here or two there. Why it's the fastest growing pizza brand in America. Marco's Pizza online. You get all sorts of specials, offers, etc. Online if you order. You could order online. You could go pick it up. You could have it delivered. You could do whatever you want with it and just make sure you order. Bob Mock, the owner of the five franchises here in the Waco area, Bellmead, Robinson, Hewitt, Woodway, and also in China Spring. And, and I'll tell you what, we love it here. We get it delivered here. We love pizza. 
Marco's Pizza. Pizza lovers get it. Pizza, burgers, and Bears football. There's no place around Waco that serves them all other than Bubba's 33. Come show your green and gold and enjoy some of Waco's best food and beverages while watching your favorite team, the Bears. When real Bears fans get hungry, Bubba's 33 is the number one spot for ice-cold drinks, hand-stretched, stone-baked pizzas, and bacon-infused burgers. Join us for indoor or patio dining. Bubba's 33, Waco's restaurant and proud supporter of Baylor Bears football. Sick'em Bears. TFNB Your Bank for Life is the official local bank of Baylor Athletics. Find out why more Central Texans are making TFNB their bank for life. Sign up for our Edge checking and savings accounts to earn interest or cash back. With five convenient locations and an award-winning mobile app, banking has never been easier. TFNB Your Bank for Life. Member FDIC. In our logo and advertising, we say we are people that you can count on. What does that mean? It starts with providing a quality vehicle and quality service at a fair price. But it also means we do what we say we will do, and we treat people fairly with respect. It starts by hiring great people, good local folks who work hard with a caring attitude. Our employees are the real reason we are people that you can count on. Put us to the test and see for yourself that at Richard Car Motors, we are people you can count on. Custom Marketplace is your hometown grocery store with a full-service butcher shop and bakery. Hi, this is David Smoke. The butcher shop can take your customized orders for seafood, pork, and poultry and custom cut your favorite steaks from bacon-wrapped fillets to T-bone to bone and ribeyes. Cut specifically the way you want. They have Norwegian salmon fillets, catfish fillets, sliced ham or turkey and lunch meat, variety of cheese available, and several options of sausage links. Fresh chicken breast or whole chickens, sliced bacon, pork chops, ground beef, marinated beef, and chicken fajitas, and always large briskets available, plus fresh vegetables. So the great product, customer service, and family tradition of the Bauer family continues at Waco Custom Marketplace, open Monday through Saturday, a full-service butcher shop and bakery available. Waco Custom Marketplace, 425 Lake Air Drive in Waco or WacoCustomMarketplace.com. Welcome back to 365 Sports. It's time for our weekly segment with NFL Hall of Fame columnist John McClain. Brought to you by Pioneer Steel and Pipe, where customer service is their main focus and best in metal, steel, and pipe for large or small projects with two locations in Waco and Bryan. Family owned and operated since 1943. Read John's work at sportsradio610.com. It is somewhat unfair to get any kind of attention or focus from John. He's watching the Astros right now. Six to one as Craig gave us an update in the seventh inning against Minnesota to try to get that series back to two to one. John, are you paying attention to us? Huh? (laughs) No, I'm watching this because I've been wanting the Rangers to win. And what the Rangers have done has been unbelievable. That's why they talked Bruce Bochy out of retirement. To go on the road, they've been home since September 26th till tonight. And the fact they went to the Angels, then they went to Seattle, then Tampa, then Baltimore. And after blowing the division in Seattle, I thought they were not going to get beyond Tampa, and they have been magnificent. I would love to see the Rangers and the Astros playing for the World Series. I don't know if Major League Baseball would be big enough 
for something that would be that monumental in the Lone Star State. And I'll tell you what, it would dwarf the Cowboys and that god-awful team they've got that got stomped and humiliated in Santa Clara. I don't know what you're talking about, John. I've blocked it from my memory. I just... Uh... I don't blame you. That's <laughs> Hey, we're a, we're a baseball state right now. <laughs> That's right. John, uh, let's talk about those Cowboys for a second. They had such a... Like, every game has been weird in the in the school like the, every game they have is 42 to 10 somehow whether it's them or or the their opponent with the, the 49ers uh, this last week um is this Dak Prescott m- among other things they have problems with is he maybe exposed that he's hit his ceiling I don't know I mean looks to me like they're missing Kellen Moore and you know Kellen Moore is going to want to stick it to him in the next game and I'm still not exactly sure why they ran him off, and they did run him off. And Dak is not the same quarterback. He's not had any consistency, hadn't had any excellence. You know, you could count on him sometimes to throw for over 300 yards, even if it's a loss, bring him from behind. I don't hold the game Sunday night uh, against him because they were bad in every way. But – you know, there's a lot of teams that need quarterbacks. There's Jerry Jones is going to say, we don't need one, even though the cap figure next year, last year of his contract, is ungodly. I don't know if it's the lack of not having Kellen Moore with him, if it's McCarthy's antiquated pay, you know, play calls, but he is not the same quarterback. And that defense has got no business being pushed around like it was by the 49ers. And right now, I thought the Cowboys were top five team right now. I don't even know if they're a top ten team. And I didn't even count the Arizona game. That was just a case of taking a team lightly. But I at least thought they would be competitive against the 49ers. And right now, clearly, the NFC East, DeMartin, unless there's dramatic trans- transformation in both teams, is going to have a repeat champion for the first time in more than a decade, and that's going to be Philadelphia, which is the second best team, but is yet to be dominant like last season. If the 49ers hadn't lost their quarterback, they lose Trey Lance, Jimmy Garoppolo, Brock Purdy, and they have to go with Josh Johnson signed off the street, they might have been able to win the division in the Super Bowl. And right now, the leading candidate to be the MVP is Brock Purdy. And a lot of Cowboy fans down here told me, the last two days, well, we'll see him again. Just like the Longhorns fans, well, we'll see him again. And I think the Longhorns got a better chance of seeing the Sooners again than the Cowboys do of seeing the 49ers. John, you mentioned his name there, but Brock Purdy uh, here in Big 12 country, we saw plenty of him, played Oklahoma in the Big 12 title game a few years back and then goes on to be Mr. Irrelevant. Obviously, the Cyclones were pretty successful during his, his time there, um, but my gosh, Mr. Irrelevant to this now with San Francisco. What have been your thoughts on, on his rise and his play? It's time we get quit talking about him being Mr. Irrelevant. Right. Um, at some point, people stopped talking about Brady being a six-round pick. <laughs> and I know some people think that he reminds them of Joe Montana, very smart, doesn't throw bad passes, doesn't have a great arm, cool under pressure, is accurate makes really good decisions with the ball, and that's what I see. Montana was a third-round pick. Bill Walsh wanted Steve Dills from Stanford 
couldn't get him, so got stuck with a quarterback from Notre Dame. And I see that in Purdy. And people give Kyle Shanahan all the credit. And she calls the plays, but, boy, they're doing a great job of coaching him during the week and preparing him. I just think I saw the odds of Vegas of him being MVP are four to one. And I would, if I were a betting man, I'd put some money on that one. John McClain with us, 365 Sports Hall of Fame columnist. John, uh, we had Mac Rhodes on earlier today. It's something that you could listen to later on. Obviously, it's a very, very bad time. The football team is not good. Two and four are slaughtered by Texas Tech at home. Watching from where you do watch them, your thoughts about what you've seen so far? Can I plead the fifth? <laughs> yeah, yeah, you can. I'll tell you this. Now, I'll, I'll, let me let me point this out, David. The last three days, I've spent a lot of time with the Gridiron Legends of Texas, and there's a lot of former Baylor players in there, as well as Longhorns and Aggies and players from other states that were great here. And we've done charity events and had announced the class of 2023. We had dinner last night, golf tournament today, and not one of the Baylor fans is not really, really upset with the program, and it goes to talent. When you see them getting manhandled in the offensive line, and I think if you see every lineman on the team, as long as he's on scholarships, gets 50000 a year, so you get 250000 if you're there five years. I know Mattress Mac Sarkeesian asked him to do an NIL with one of his offensive linemen, and Mac did it. And I don't know what Baylor's doing for NIL, but whatever it is, it's got to be more. And uh, it's it's embarrassing to see them get defeated so bad up front. And that's where it starts. And I feel bad for the running backs. I feel bad for Blake Shapin, although Shapin several times would run into sacks. He doesn't look like he's got a lot of pocket presence, but still, you're getting pulverized up front. And if you can't win up front, you're not going to win many games. John, uh, are, are you ready to start an NIL collective in Houston? I'm ready for basketball season. <laughs> That's what I'm ready for. I want to see these guys, starting with Walker that Scott Drew has brought in there. I don't like the thing about Gonzaga. Your Mark's trying to get them in. I saw a story today. He wants to negotiate separate TV deals for basketball and football. But, and so he wants every name program. He can get, and that sounds great, but my God, the Big 12 is tough enough as it is. And every time something happens, I think, okay, how's that going to affect the Bears? As somebody, I think it was Daniel Jeremiah, the NFL Network, said Big 12 basketball is going to be like Thunderdome. John, uh, Texans. I saw Graylin Arnold and Jalen Petrie combined for a, a pretty nice play uh, with the forced fumble and the fumble recovery, but not enough in the end. They fall to the Falcons 21-19. What was the tale of the tape here? They want uh, uh, – C.J. Stroud took them to a touchdown with 149 left, left too much time on the clock. The defense would did a great job shutting down B. John Robinson with 46 yards, couldn't stop him. Texans lost on a field goal with no time left, and they didn't play well in several areas. But the fact they should have won the game, despite that, made people feel good about where they are. And I'm not talking about them, but those of us 
who follow them. They can't run ball worth a lick. They can't uh, score in the red zone. Not good on third down. But, you know, they could have beaten the Falcons. Now they host the Saints, and I think they got a chance to beat New Orleans. They're, they've got a chance to win every game they play. And I'm not saying they're going to win 10 or make the playoffs or even compete for the playoffs. But that proverbial light at the end of the tunnel, we see it under D'Amico Ryans, knowing all these teams that need a franchise quarterback, knowing the Texans have one, it makes you it makes you get excited for what's ahead. John, thank you very much. Keep watching the Astros as they take a two games to one lead in that series. Good luck to the Rangers and Sickham Bears. There you go, John McClain with us on 365 Sports Tuesdays around 5.30, a mixture of college baseball and college football, baseball, and the NFL. When we come back, Paul Catalina's top five, and this is 365 Sports. Don Chimador and Coffee Beans in the Townwood Shopping Center between Richland Drive and Valley Mills in Waco. I was there uh, at the end of last week. In fact, I think it was Saturday afternoon. I walked in the door, got myself some cigars for a round of golf at some point, probably Thursday or Saturday, and maybe even Sunday since Baylor's out of town this weekend. And then on top of that, I had a chance to visit with Cheyenne and Ashley. Uh, Carol wasn't there and discussed Vita Dreams. It's the uh, it's the CBD product that allows you to take a gummy or kind of you learn what you need. It allows you to fall asleep without tossing and turning so much. And then on top of that, of course, the, the pouch that is THC product called for bad days. For those that you know or for you who have chronic, very painful days, and not occasionally but consistently, that is a uh, that's an option for you, and you can find that at Don's Humidor and Coffee Beans, a forty eight foot walk in humidor with all the accessories you need for the cigars you buy. Don's Humidor and Coffee Beans in the Townwood Shopping Center between Richland Drive and Valley Mills in Waco. Established in 2007 and independently owned, Alliance Bank Central Texas is committed to helping families and businesses meet their financial goals. From their tellers to their board of directors, they know the importance of superior service and competitive products. Customers have confidence knowing that their financial needs are in good hands. It's your bank, Alliance Bank Central Texas, with two Waco locations, 4721 Bosque Boulevard and 191 Archway Drive on Highway 84 and at AllianceBankTexas.com. Member FDI see an equal housing lender. In Texas, there's pea-sized hail and baseball-sized hail. Guess which one hit our house? We didn't even know where to begin, but we called our Texas Farm Bureau insurance agent, and he was so reassuring. He knew exactly what to do to get our house back into shape and our lives back to normal. Now, we're even more thankful for the roof over our heads. Stop by and see our agents at one of our three McLennan County locations. Coverage and discounts are subject to qualifications and policy terms and may vary by situation. Three Nations Brewing Company has 16 different beers on draft with a new beer every Friday. It also offers two air-conditioned tap rooms, a large indoor beer hall, a second-floor mezzanine offering a great overview of the brewing company and equipment and patio where you can relax under the shade. Plus, you can now experience the new Three Nations Beer Garden Grill on our shaded patio. Grab a cold beer and enjoy a bite from our freshly prepared and delicious menu. Street tacos, quesadillas, freshly cooked burgers and dogs, and veggie burgers, too. Nachos and so much more all prepared and cooked on site. So come visit the award-winning Three Nations Brewing Company on East Vandergrift off I-35 in Carrollton. 
I hate my job, but I don't mind getting up in the morning. I dread each day, but I can't wait to get out of bed. You ask me why, and what I'll say to you is true. Well, you can get breakfast tacos at Rudy's Barbecue. Scrambled eggs and brisket, they ain't fooling around. Salsa draft, son, they're the best in town. Barbecue for breakfast, yes, it's true. Put a smile on your morning at Rudy's Barbecue. Time for Paul Catalina's Top 5. Brought to you by Texas Beef House. Where's the best beef in Texas? Your house when you order from Texas Beef House. Unleash the flavor of Texas raised Wagyu. From our pasture to your plate, TexasBeefHouse.com. Top 5 Dark Horse Heisman candidates. And one of these is not going to be a dark horse for very long. But uh, I did want to throw on the list since he was not... Uh, someone who I think you would have put on there at the beginning of the year. But um, we'll start out at the bottom. Uh, number five, Ashton Gillott from Louisville. He's a defensive tackle. He is tearing it up. He wrecked shop against Notre Dame uh, last week and put himself in that, like, in the perfect world where we're actually saying football player and not, uh, you know, quarterback or uh running back, or maybe a wide receiver. This is a dude. Uh, I We watched a little bit of the Lola game the other night uh, in here, and I came away really impressed with what Jeff Brom is doing. I don't know what the rest of their season has in store for them, but they play a brand of football that's physical. They, they're not messing around. They're probably going to be a little up and down on offense because they've got some playmakers. Their quarterback is – is good. Plumber's good. He's fine. He's fine. He's yeah. fine. He's not like, you know. Um, he's not going to be on this list, Paul. No, he's yeah. not going to be on this list. But uh, the, I think of the guys that stood out to me, uh, Ashton Jalot did the other night. Uh, Jawar Jordan, that running yeah. back. And, yeah, they got they got some playmakers. But, uh, yeah, I mean, congrats to him on getting the mention. He'll have no chance to win this no, award. But that's <laughs> but, why it's dark No, you're horse. right. You're right that uh, he at least deserves a little bit of love and defenders deserve some love. And, um, yeah, he's got a handful of sacks already on the year, and Louisville's been a nice little uh, story here so far. I'm happy for our friend uh, Alexis Cubitt that she's getting to yeah. cover uh, this team. Um, and she, before that, she was with Clemson. Clemson, so, yeah. I mean, she's kind of getting spoiled. Well, here, if she was here in Waco, she was covering a pretty good Baylor team, I think, for the yeah, most part. So, so. I don't know. Somebody needs to hire Alexis full-time. Yeah. In their city now, because Clemson's dipped since gonna, Alexis call, left. I'm calling a rule. They just left. Yeah. yeah. No <laughs> yeah. Um, Man, he has he not made though for Big Ten football like yeah. the win the other yeah. night. I mean, yeah. that's Big Ten football. Of you know, yep. screw scoring thirty points. We're just gonna no. get in the mud and I. I when we do talk to him, I I can't wait to say like knowing him the way that we do. I saw a couple shots of the sideline early in that game where you could see the look on his face was like, as long as we win this game by one point, right. I want Illinois to know where they were, yeah. like what happened. Yeah, that was the the gift of physical uh, there. Number four, even though they took a loss, uh, I'm leaving Cam Ward on my dark horse Heisman list. I think he's good enough to where he can. Uh, get Washington State right back in the conference discussion, especially after some more, you know, cannibalization of right in in the Pac-12. I think he's going to keep him right back in there. He also has the um, I'll just call it the RG three ability to make those plays for a school that was 
Nobody thought RG3 was a Heisman candidate legitimately when the season started when he won it. You know, you would have said like... No, he wasn't. Yeah, and so Cam Ward is kind of like that in that, you know, you're not going to talk about Heisman winners at at Washington State just like you weren't talking about Heisman winners at Baylor. And so he can maybe be in that category where if he has that Heisman moment in a game that keeps them in the conference race late, I wouldn't be surprised to see him sneak up some boards because the dude is really, really good and fun to watch. Yeah, no, he's a blast to watch and... I think, unfortunately for him, uh, they have a, a crop of other Heisman contenders in that conference yeah. alone. And so even if he's really, really good and better than most, he's still like number three in that conference or number four, depending on which week, week you're talking about, or number two or whatever. But, yeah, had a little bit of a rougher game against UCLA with a couple of turnovers. That was a, a tough loss for them. But they're still very much in the mix, like you said. And quite frankly, their schedule is very manageable. I mean, Arizona's been – they've been a plucky team, so that that's not a given by any means. That'll be an interesting game for them um, coming up this weekend. Uh, but then you got the big road trip to Oregon. That's an opportunity for him to have a, you know, a Heisman moment potentially or at least a big game on that resume. And then I think it's, you know, kind of manageable, but they close out with Colorado and then Washington on the road. So, yeah, some big games remaining for him to make more of a mark, but he definitely deserves some love. Yeah, absolutely. I also um... – I hope that I'm doing this list next year and add the name. I wanted to throw this out there because he's a really fun player to watch from Arizona State is Cameron Skedaboo. Yeah. I, like, yeah. I like saying that name. Yeah, yes, just, I do. You like, it's just like Louisville? Yeah. yeah. Skedaboo. Uh, anyway, but number three from the major program but plays the wrong position to get votes for whatever reason category, Brock Bowers. Uh, maybe the most individually dominant player at any position in college football. Like there is not, I mean, maybe Caleb Williams is as dominant at quarterback as Brock Bowers is at tight end, but there's like, when you look at, there's really good tight ends around the country. The, the position's changing a little bit, right? Um, you're asking them to do more. This guy is such a unicorn. Like even Kyle Pitts, who played for Florida a couple years ago, that's what I was didn't, thinking of, yeah. Didn't, didn't really do the things that Brock Bowers is doing right now. He is that good of a player and should be in the Heisman discussion all year long, but there's an old segment of voters that are like, well, he's just a tight end. No, no, no. He's just an effing monster. Yeah, he's That's a, he's what a he dude. is. He's a dude. He's yeah. a dude. No, he's an absolute stud, uh, future first-rounder, future lottery guy. I know the lottery's not in the NFL draft, but I still you know apply yeah. that to those top picks. Um but, yeah, he's incredible to watch. And just make sure you sit down and watch him at some point and just enjoy that that freak of nature exists in this great game that we love called college football. And there's a lot of other freaky, super talented guys, but he is definitely this season and really the past, you know, as long as he's been suiting up for the dogs, he's been one of those guys in college football, yeah. Yeah, okay. Uh, if the draft were today, the New England Patriots would have the sixth pick. Now, they probably really need to look at their quarterback situation, but let's just assume that Drake May and Caleb Williams are off the board by pick six, which you would think they would be, right. and that nobody oh, else sure. is maybe in the top ten range as quarterbacks go. Caleb Williams is going – well, number yeah. one overall. Yeah, he, it seems yeah. Like. <laughs> yeah. he would go like retroactively in the draft. <laughs> right, right, right. If the worst team could make that happen. But yeah, because Caleb Williams and Drake May are gone. Those guys are be top 10. You're telling me that even with quarterback issues, that Bill Belichick could say no to him? Mm. That's a Belichick dream yeah. right there. Yeah. No, I mean, yeah, that would be tempting. But, yeah, you're right. I mean, that, that would be tempting. But it just, let's see how the Patriots season plays out yeah. a bit more with Mac Jones and how that, all that works together. But, no, you're – I mean, he's going to be – Whoever gets him is going to be 
super happy on draft day. That's for sure. Yeah, and they better be creative like Georgia has been creative with him in the offense for the last couple years. Number two, probably off the dark horse list, but was not a guy that you thought about at the beginning of the year. But after that win, Dylan Gabriel had his Heisman moment for sure. Um, he, you know, if he continues to go on and you look back and say, well, what was his Heisman moment? One minute and 16 seconds left against Texas and took them down the field and won the game. Uh, so, yeah, this is this is someone, and, and I do feel a little bit, Craig, and correct me if I'm wrong, if, that Oklahoma fans were kind of ho-hum about him, you know, because they've got Jackson Arnold coming through the ranks and like, oh, yeah, it's fine. We have Dylan Gabriel. Yeah. Uh, you know, he's... I, I think, like, for one, the fan base is spoiled with quarterbacks yeah. the last few years. But I do think in comparison to Caleb Williams, yeah, yeah. it's a little bit of a step down. But, you know, I, I just think that really mostly it was – there was just so many other questions around him too, you know, and, and that contributed. But, yeah, I don't, I don't know that anybody had him as a Heisman favorite per se. No. Uh, maybe some people did, and if they did, kudos to you. Um, but I think he's definitely in that top grouping now um, after Saturday and – uh, you know, if they were somehow pull that off and win another Heisman and do it post Riley and do it with a quarterback and, and all that would be the guy who replaced Caleb Williams. That would be pretty incredible. But yeah, he's firmly in the mix. He had a, a great showing and has been pretty good all year long. Yep. And number one, Mizzou's Luther Burden. He is just catching passes and catching passes. Brady Cook is if I did a most improved players in the country list, Brady Cook might be number one. Uh, I have to do a little bit more research on that, but um, before the season, we had uh, Graham Bronstein here all summer uh, just lamenting their quarterback situation, and Brady Cook's been really fantastic for them. Uh, fighting through injuries, playing tough, uh, and part of the reason he's been fantastic is Luther Burden is um, a guy that most people in the country probably didn't, didn't know about, but when you catch like 11, 13, 14 passes in games like he's been doing, you're going to put your name on the map, and he's a huge reason why Mizzou is in the spot they are in now, which Garrett says, thankfully, 5-1 and one and not 6-0. and oh. Yeah, no, he's been incredible. 100-yard games in every game except for their opener. Um, just been absolute nails. And uh, not enough, obviously, versus LSU, but he, he made his impact felt against LSU. He won the reason they lost that football game. So, yeah, he's he, he had 96 in the opener. And since then, 117, 114, 177, 140, and 149. Those are his totals. And uh, in the last three games, double-digit catches. So they're leaning on him hard. And you know what? Do you – Pony up and get a, a big-time five-star playmaker like that, that's exactly what you want that guy to be doing, and that's what they can now point to in the future and say, like, see what a difference this guy made for us and, and, and you know, use that as ammunition and recruiting in the future. Um, but, yeah, I mean, uh, a guy from, uh, from you know, a big recruiting background who's, you know, paying dividends for the Tigers and his um, – home state school and he's an exciting guy to watch if you haven't seen him already which i'm sure most have that, that watch this show but yeah he's really really good was his final two uh missouri and ou was that i, don't I believe know. so yeah. i think it might have been yeah 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 i believe so garrett thank you jack thank you levi emory thank you also our sponsors everybody that watches those in the chat room those who have texted us we appreciate you every single day Tonight, 10.30 on the CW, 365 Sports Tonight. He decommitted from Oklahoma. Okay. That's I, where that tie-in came from, yeah. Paul Catalina and Ugh. Craig Smoke. I'm David Smoke. Thank you again every day for being a part of what we do. This is 365 Sports.
Ideal MRI is a small family business right here in Central Texas. We're open to support you while lowering the cost of health care bills. When you need an MRI, ask your doctor for an Ideal MRI. Visit us at IdealMRI.com. 